We are back on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. My name is Dirty Mike. I'm a big ugly. And we are live in the mansion for episode 73. I right? want to say 67. Yes. You, 67. You're living yes. in the past, big know, old man. man. Yeah. But uh, we're at 73 on our way to 100 where we're going to have our big reunion episode. More on that to come as we get later in the uh, later in the shows. But let's welcome back a previous guest. Has been on our podcast maybe five times. Five times. Five times. Five times. I don't think this is five. Four. I don't. Know. I just wanted three. To, is it three or four? I just wanted to use the Booker no, T gimmick. I, yeah. I know that's why. But it's got to be more than three. If this is four, then that means yeah. on the reunion. It could be fine, but we get to run that into the ground. I'll have to go back and have the locks and everything. Something (laughs) he does. He's ready to go. Something tells me you'll be back in the next twenty-seven episodes. Though I'll go back and listen. But Corey Berger, B E R G E R. The I uh, I lose count because I think two of those episodes were kind of about the same thing. Maybe. I mean, we we do go off on tangents, and then we end up coming back to talk about those tangents. So that's okay. Corey, how you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing well. Yeah? How how have you been? Very well. Very well. Thank you. Myself and the Big Ugly are still here doing our thing, and you're still joining us to do it. So thank you. And thank you for bringing B-E-R-G-E-R cookies. Um, so you always find your burger cookies at your local store, and uh, it is the Halloween yeah, season. If, if they don't have them, just you know, tell them you want them. We're, and, not, we're not hard to get a hold of. Right. They, they can contact you, and you're always at Burger Cookies. Uh, you can just uh, Google that, right? And you have the website going, and you I can always I mean, find Yeah, it. Google works for pretty much everything. Sure. You know, burgercookies.com is the... Directly there. So. Dot com. And you've got all different kinds. Like, I, I was looking at, at the uh, site instead. We got these big boxes there, of burger cookies. different flavors? No. No, I mean, oh. like, the sizes. They got the, the oh. little packs, the little small burger cookies that you can yeah. put in a Halloween bucket. Oh, yeah, nice. And the holidays are coming up. We we also do two-pound tins. Two-pound oh. tins of burger cookies. Yeah, well, you got that. That pack right there is 15 ounces. These are some heavy cookies. This is a heavy cookie because it's it, two pounds this of this. chocolate is the good stuff. It is. So. Man, I'll tell you what. That's great. And we have a new guest joining us, Big Ugly. For the first time ever, live in the mansion. He found us because we have 27 rooms here. It was hard. You know, you, you had to come around. You had to park in a big parking lot. And you come around, but we got Kurt, ladies and gentlemen. Give it up for Kurt. Come hey. on, let's give it up for Kurt. Hey, you don't have to do a round of applause. Thanks for being here. Round of a, thank you, thank us for being here. This is the mansion. Thank you for being here. Yeah. <laughs> Kurt, do we do we call you Kurt S or just a last name or how do we do, how do we pronounce? Just call you Kurt. You can call me Kurt. You can call me Kurt Spies. 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 S P I E S S. German. I, oh, that's German. Oh, uh, you can very... call me by my wrestling monikers as well. I've got uh, Kurt Space, kind of an old gimmick. Kurt Space. But that is what I most recently wrestled on a show as. It's kind of like a throwaway to that gimmick. Because <laughs> uh, I got squashed in about five minutes. You <laughs> That's know? okay. So that was... Nothing wrong with being a... Uh, we don't want to call it a jobber. That's not... Enhancement talent. <laughs> oh, I was a jobber. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> if you call yourself nothing, a jobber, yeah, that's fine. No, fun. Kurt Space was a total jobber. My current gimmick... jobber gimmick? I don't know. You should was, get a mask for that. Yeah, I just showed my face. And uh, my current gimmick... Thundercat Thurgood. Thundercat Thurgood. Yeah, the king of the dive bar jungle. So you could feel free to call me Thundercat if you'd be so inclined. Wow. Now yeah. that that seems very close to something else that you do there, Kurt. Um, you know, and you you got a lot of talents, and we're going to get into that. We're going to talk a lot about you. So you're in the independent wrestling scene. We're talking about that. Um, are you talking about PCW? Is that where you recently went to get squashed? It was. It was yep. PCW, Primal Conflict Wrestling. Where is that at? 
West Virginia. Yeah. Yeah, this was over at uh, Club Aura in West Virginia. Okay. Was that on their live TV? It will be. It it's will gonna be? be yeah, I, I want to say episode six or so is when they're going to start with that awesome. um, TV taping. He kind of had a um, little bit of a problem getting all the tapings booked, you know, every four weeks. Mm-hmm. So it, right now the episodes are kind of on catch up until it gets to that point. I got gotcha. you. And then they'll and then they'll go ahead and do like the monthly tapings and everything okay. like that. You know what they say about show business? If something doesn't go wrong, you're forgetting to do something. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. It, it couldn't go perfect the first time, but that's okay. And we got a shout out to Brian S. Gamble behind the storm and also uh, to hashtag Pat Anthony. Uh, they, they are doing the, uh, the like, color commentary and the play by play for the TV. So uh, they've been on our podcast several times. So shout out to them and shout out to you, man, for getting out there and doing your thing. Yeah. That's great, Kurt. And uh, we're going to open up about this too. You are also a drummer. I, I found you at the Baltimore Soundstage. You found me too. Yeah. Because uh, I was there to see the Monsters of Rock. Uh, big night. Wait, Soundstage is, at, is the place near the Ramsay, right? Close, yeah. Close enough. Downtown. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's right it's off Market Street. On the corner. Of the, on the corner, right? The road that, yeah, yeah, that goes into the Ramsay. Okay, cool, yep. cool, cool, cool. Yeah. I saw yep. Stabbing Westward there. Okay. They're, they're really they had a lot, of, lot, of, lot of good bands good and a lot of good entertainment comes through there. Sorry, this is a 10. Yeah, yeah. Is it like, have you guys been to the 8 by 10 Yes. In Fells? Is I've it a soundstage like that? It's similar, it's similar? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. I, I think it m- might be a little bigger. I'm thinking it might be. Bigger. Okay. It's been sense. a while since I've been to the 8 right. by 10 now. So okay. I've been to the soundstage quite often. That now. was high school days. Are they still in the same building? Yeah. yeah. Like right. Yeah. What's that? Market Cross Street? Uh, yeah. Yep. Pretty close, but that's that's where I found you, Kurt. You were you were drumming your ass off. <laughs> you were uh, and you were up there. You came out with the uh, Pearl Jam tribute band entitled Go. Yeah. And uh, I looked at uh, Jam and Jason, who shout out to Jam and Jason, who's also a big uh, you know uh, guest of this podcast. I was like, that, I couldn't see very well because I was sitting on the side and I had the lights in me, and I, I was like. What the hell? How do I know that guy? What is it? And when I finally got a good shot of who you were and you were just like going to town, like all heated up on those drums, I was like, that's Kurt. That's Kurt from MCW. I know Kurt. What the hell? And you came out and you shook my hand and I was like, and I couldn't hear you very well, but I was like, man, you leave a double life. So maybe even a triple life. I don't know. This is just one of them. So, you know, a shout out to that, man. Corey, you're a big fan of music, I know. Yeah. And uh, Big Ugly, you're a fan of other kind of music. Because we're talking about rock, right? Metallica, you know I actually even about? like Pearl Jam. Yeah. Okay. Metallica's. Yeah, I listen to rock. Uh, okay. Just not, yeah, Metallica. <laughs> yeah. It just I, depends. That's all right. I'm all over the place. More of a classic rock guy? I mean, kind of. Um, I I guess like alternative, like uh, 21 Pilots. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Like newer, newer yeah. wave alternative. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, but I so, just saw them in concert, so that was great. There you go, there you go. So you, you're a fan of live music, and this is what I saw: live music. And, and you, Kurt, you were going to town, man. Before we go anywhere else, I just want to know how did you get into being a drummer? Then we'll talk about how you got into wrestling. Go ahead, I want to hear this. Yeah, so uh, growing up. I kind of slowly got into music, but one of the first bands that I really got into at a real young age, when I was like four or five, was the Beatles. And, oh, hey, and my that? and my favorite Beatle was Ringo, mm-hmm. which is rarely people's favorite Beatle members. Right. So he's, uh, the, dr- he's the drummer. Right? He's the drummer. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I, you know, something about the rings, and he always had the best mustache when they were going for that look. <laughs> something about it. So uh, as a a real young Kurt, I had uh, you know one of those plastic drum sets and everything mm-hmm. like that, 
And then in middle school, I joined the band and got into snare drum. And eventually, I was like, you know, I want to learn a full kit. And that was about the same time where I was starting to really like look into rock bands and stuff like that. Like this was about 2002 or so. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're just coming out of the grunge era and you know into the kind of alt rock. I guess it's a you know difference if from new alt rock it was kind of like the cock rock era you know that's <laughs> and we could say that on a dirty ugly wrestling podcast well it's the dirty ugly wrestling you know, <laughs> that's right. it's, not, it's not the neat and clean wrestling yeah. podcast no not at all I, you know no. i figured um and especially being such a big wrestling fan too that kind of awesome. you know cock rock and wrestling really go together like spaghetti and meatballs i feel like oh now i'm hungry <laughs> B-E-R-G-E-R cookies. That's what we're here for. But I'm go not, ahead. I'm not. I'm totally lost. Quite a lot of, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. saliva or Nickelback. I don't... Uh, so wait, Nickelback is cock rock? Absolutely. Is that what's yeah, going on? Yeah, Because yeah. okay. saliva... Rock. I yeah, don't feel like, like saliva that, that and Nickelback at all sound the same. So I wasn't sure. Oh, there was some saliva Nickelback uh, collabs going on. Were there? Yeah, they had, they had the theme song for Spider-Man 2, like... It's called oh, Hero and I didn't follow, I didn't yeah. follow either band. So yeah, there was a lot of wrestling compilations, or to the Saliva Spider-Man and Nickelback and Creed and all that kind of all stuff. Right. So that's I think it's something to do with the vocals. Really, it's like that over the top raspy. Sure. Kind of. It sounds like it Creed? could be part of pro wrestling because that's all over the top. It's got to be. What, wasn't that like Christian rock? Wasn't oh, Creed, oh, absolutely. But wasn't Creed just a poor man's Pearl Jam anyway? In a sense, like that guy really looked like he was trying to be bit. Eddie Vedder. I don't think I <laughs> like, know really, really Pearl hard. Jam, so. Just we're gonna find more about Pearl Jam. It wasn't Go working out for him, but it, it, <laughs> it looked like that's what he was going for. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so that's how I got started playing drums, and okay. um, you know, just through high school and everything like that, I stuck with it. Didn't really plan any bands in high school. There wasn't really that many kids that were you know playing. There's a lot of kids in the high school band, but not really sure. necessarily kids playing in rock bands or anything like that. But, you know, about when I was 18 or 19, and I would I would jam out with friends and stuff like that, but sure. never never anything concrete or, or really organized. Um, and then when I was 18 or 19, I joined my first bands, um, and it was a pop punk band. Okay. And that, that was kind of um, one of the genres that I had started to explore, like, you know, playing drums and stuff like that. So were they like, a cover or were they original band? Original, yeah. Okay. Uh, so our first name, which we ended up scrapping for a new name, our first name was Pretty Little Kennedy Curse. Hmm. And it was, was kind of like a little bit of that emo vibe of like, you know, adding a little bit of death or, or the macabre into it. Okay. And, uh, you know, so we used like John Kennedy with like his eyes crossed out and stuff for stuff. God, okay. Um, and then we changed our name, something kind of tying back to wrestling, to Heavyweights. All right. Um, and so that was... It's a little more recognizable, a little easier to... Yeah, <laughs> pretty much better in every sense. Yeah. Uh, you know, so... It Even was though a, the other one's pretty, very original, though. It was a pretty unanimous change when we decided to go there. We were trying to evolve as a band a little bit. So I okay. was with them for um, about five or six years. Damn. Um, and so that was definitely, like, the biggest original music project that I was a part of. Yeah. Um, so between the two names, we put out two CDs... Um, got to do a couple cool things. We tried to book a tour that was way harder than we thought it was going to be. <laughs> so what ended up being like, you know, a tentative four or five show tour ended up just being up to New Jersey, then back to Delaware, and then back home. Hey. Uh, and the shows were kind of weird, but you know, that sounds just, like indie wrestling all the way, bro. It's pretty much exactly that, <laughs> and uh, 
And so, you know, a lot of people are really surprised by things in indie wrestling that don't really phase me because I've been around the music scene. And sure. uh, if you think that wrestling promoters are, you know, if they get a bad rap for being predatory or, you know, not really taking care of the boys, music promoters are 10 times worse. I'll bet. So. Wow. Yeah, but that's wow. that's been pretty common knowledge for... For a while though about music promoters oh absolutely That's, yeah 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 just having the, the 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 correlation though because you're doing it now in the indie wrestling scene too because you're kind of in the same spot trying to make a name for yourself trying to you know get booked on shows and just doing the drives and things like that so you know how how did you kind of cross over you said you've been a fan of pro wrestling yeah, so the very first wrestling match I ever watched was Hulk Hogan versus Goldberg for the WCW title <laughs> in 1998. And you, and you came back <laughs> for more? <laughs> Pardon yeah. me. No, that was, that was on a very big Monday Nitro, though. And it, it was, was in the Georgia Dome, 40,000 people, and that was, a, that was a highly rated show, even though that should have been a pay-per-view, but that's a whole other podcast. Go ahead. Yeah, but, you know, I remember seeing Hulk Hogan on the TV guide and thinking, like, wow, this guy's cool. He's got, like, long blonde hair like me, and... You know, like, he seems like that was going to be my, my horse in the race, but after watching it, you know, and just seeing, you know, how he acted and everything like that, the fans' reactions and everything like yeah. that, uh, you know, I instantly got turned into a Goldberg fan, and, right. uh, you know, I was six, so, you know. That's if okay. Want, if you want to talk about Goldberg's wrestling technicalities, you know, sure. <laughs> right. uh, that's a that's a fine discussion, but... We got Mikey Mike, Frock Lesnar. He'll, he'll appreciate that, because he's a Goldberg fan. And I just saw well, that he Santos... He Batista and Triple H would be the best on the He card. really did. He was so wrong, and we I'm knew he shot. was going to be yeah. wrong. Uh, no, I just saw, and I don't mean to interrupt you, Bill Goldberg was in that movie Santa Slay, S-L-A-Y. Yeah. And it was uh, that, that horror-type flick or for the Santa thing. That's cool. <laughs> you, if you like Bill Goldberg at all, you just got to check that out so you can laugh at it. He was, but Hulk Hogan was Santa with muscles. Yes, he was. So they, is they, that an old movie, Santa Slay? Santa Slay. Oh, uh, no. I would say back when Goldberg was hot. It came out. Yeah, it came out when Goldberg, Goldberg was relevant. Was, okay. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm, I've never heard of this. Yeah, Santa Slay. You can find it in a uh, bargain DVD bin well, you, at your local. Uh, did you at least watch Thunder in Paradise? I watched a that little bit of was, Thunder right? in Paradise. That was Hogan and Cake and Jimmy Hart. It was like the Night Ride boat version of Night Rider. It was amazing. It sure was. So okay, so Goldberg, you watched Goldberg was in Universal Soldier. You guys remember that? Yes, yeah. yes, he was the second or third one, right? Yeah, the first I one mean, was, was John Van Dam and uh, Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, wow. I think, yeah, I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> it was the, the John Cobb was in the one. He was in the first one. He was. He was in the well, one. He was in that one. Oh, he was. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I forgot about him. Yeah, he still played Devereaux or whatever his name was. Devereaux. Yeah. That's awesome. So we're getting we're we're going off on tangents. This is what we do. By the way, before we let Kurt go on because we're going to, uh, we are going to talk about pro wrestling on this podcast because we have a lot to talk about in the last two or three weeks that we haven't been here. Big ugly. Holy. I mean, AEW just kicked off. SmackDown just kicked off on Fox. We got the Wednesday Night Wars going with NXT and uh, AEW. We got a draft. We got heel changes. We got title changes. We got Crown Jewel coming up. And uh, we we do have also in our, we're going to do this on the second segment, you said, yes. an interview with Michael Spedden, who's an actor in television and movies and also um you know, he does uh, improv comedy, and he does uh, 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 he's a dinner theater actor. All kinds of good stuff. Big updates on him. So we'll get to that. Awesome. Always but, excited to hear. Uh, Michael Spenden, he's great, and, he, and we're also going to start a, a top ten list because of him, too. Sorry, Kurt. Uh, I just wanted to throw that out there because we are going to get on to more. But you said that was your first match that you watched. 
It was. So did you keep with WCW, or did you watch go to WWE and watch that as well? Or So I got to watch WWF when I was about 10 or 11. That's, How that's, old are you, Kurt? I'm sorry. I don't I'm mean 27. That. You're 27 so, yeah, now. And I was born in 1992. Jesus so Christ. So that's... That's to give you sophomore the, in high school. Good the, lord, the timeline. Very ugly old podcast. <laughs> Why did you even say? I'm that? sorry, bro. I was trying to get an idea because he said he was six when he. Wa- All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. So, I'm sorry. Okay. What, what year was that? He was born in 1992. You remember you, that year? You were in high school. Yeah, man. I was a sophomore in high school. No, we're, wait. Were you a sophomore in high school when? He was born or when he was... When he was born. If he was born oh, in 1992, true. I was a sophomore in high school oh, in 1992. Wow. Oh, wow. So, thank you. I just put myself out there and yeah. blew myself up. Yeah, Sorry, go ahead. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, man. We're yes. still dirty and ugly, but go on. So, I watched WCW from, <laughs> you know, 98 up until, you know, at that match forward up okay. until about the beginning of 1999. Um, and a little bit into 1999, that's when their booking started getting pretty wacky. That's when Goldberg got hit with a stun gun to lose his title. Right here in Washington, D.C., right up, right up the road, yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, they had the whole finger poke of doom after that. Damn the, right. the merging of the NWO. And at that point, so many of the cool ideas of WCW had kind of, you know, that ship had sailed. And they were still kind of clinging on to that old success rather than building new stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, so even at seven years old, I was like, this is pretty lame. So I st- so I stopped watching wrestling. He became a smart mark real quick. And uh, and then about age ten or so, I started watching WWF and like okay. going back. This was about the time that blockbusters were going out of business. Oh man, I miss. So I remember going to every blockbuster I could get my mom to take me to and buying all their old WWF tapes that Damn they were right. selling. That's funny. To try to, to I try remember to build when I was collection. a kid. I w- I made I mean, I had my mom drive me to every blockbuster so that I could rent every WWF <laughs> wrestling tape. He wanted to buy them though. He wanted to They weren't selling them back then cuz they were still a thriving business. Yeah. <laughs> and they didn't have DVD technology. Right. So all still the VHSs, VHS. yeah, they were brand spanking new still. Damn right. Um and so yeah, so and they were selling everything in Blockbuster, but I guess all the DVDs had had gone pretty quickly. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they were gone. Yeah, so I would I would go to all the the Blockbusters and try to get them all together, and nice. you know like ninety seven, ninety eight, nine like kind of missed that Attitude Era because um, when I started watching again, it was two thousand one mm-hmm. at this point, two thousand two. Mm-hmm. So I went back and kind of watched all that. Um, my favorite wrestler initially was Sting. You know, okay. I quite liked his crow look, and then sure. I went back and watched. Some of the older thing with the surfer thing and everything like that. Rat tail and uh, oh yeah, he had a real nice bleached rat tail. <laughs> um, so that was my guy. And then once I started watching WWF, Mick Foley was my guy. Okay. Yeah, it's a huge fan of his work. Just his transitions between the characters. Sure. Really, all the stories he could tell without having to do as much in the ring. I mean, not to take away from the crazy bumps and all the you know banana stuff he did sure. along the way. But, you know, even from just like a week to week basis when he wasn't, you know, having a face full of thumbtacks sure. courtesy of Triple H. Right. He was just able to tell stories really well, make things entertaining, whether yeah. he be a healer or face. So something really resonated with uh with the young Kurt cool. and McFoley. Um, and I got right. to got to meet him when I was about twelve or so. He did a book signing. All right. Uh 
And I got a hardcore championship replica signed by Mick Foley. That's like my prized possession. If I'm ever homeless, I'll still have that around my waist. Like that'll be the very last thing I sell. You're in the right place. I, I have a, a few replicas around here, as you can see, and a few. And that's one I'm, I gotta find. I don't know if I have that one. The hardcore. The hardcore that, that's just You're the right, old you, W. You don't have that. No, I don't think I do, unless it's a smaller one. That's the WWF championship. Yeah, that, we could just smash that one. Yeah, I could just smash one of those, and that would be it. You that, need that's the 24/7 now. Too. Yes, I do. I, yeah. That's on my list. I, that made the list. When, the when they come back to town, Mikey D's going. He's yeah, going yeah. to grab it. I'm going to go to the holiday tour and get that, actually. I'm going to buy it. Um, and then the AEW championship. I've got to have that, too. I'll come back for that. Okay. I'll count that fall for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So, uh, Kurt, you've got uh, a whole lot of, and we'll get more into it as we go along, but uh, so you're in, you're in both businesses now, and... That's great. And now you're here talking to us on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you for joining us. We'll, we'll get into more of that later on, and we'll have you promote yourself as well because we get into that. That Monsters of Rock show, Dan, that, that Pro Jam tribute band, that was rocking, man. That was one of the one of the best of the night, i got to say. Up the Fade to Black, that was the best of the night. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, let's, uh, let's get into some wrestling. Um, and then we'll get into the Michael Spedden interview in segment two, and then we'll come back and wrap it all up in a nice bow. So, Big Ugly, what have you and have you not seen in the past several weeks? So, I have not seen the AEW premiere. Which is actually on behind right, us, so right. please keep an eye on it. So, um, And I missed <laughs> AEW for the most part last week. Okay. I did not see last week's SmackDown, so the second SmackDown episode. Because? Because... Why didn't I say it? Oh, I had something to do. Well, there's a reason that you couldn't watch it. Yes. Because oh, yes, yes, yes. Because typically, a lot of times, as you guys know, I use Hulu. <laughs> and you see and, half, and of, see half of the episode. Right. But uh, Hulu, for some reason, only has the very first uh, SmackDown, mm-hmm. the premiere, and not the second one. So I don't know if Hulu no longer has like the Fox. Uh, I'll be damned. Doesn't Fox stream uh, shows live for free on their website? They may. They may. You like, might have instead, of, instead and I know, of watching yeah. TV, I'm pretty sure you get, but you get, I think you'll get the commercials right. and everything. And I know still. Prime also, Fox streams through Prime because they do those Thursday uh, night football games. That might be well. why it's not. So, yeah. That's possible. Yeah. Yeah. But go back and try to, I guess. Streamings check. are, they're, they're dividing up now. Right. Yeah, I'm going to I'm have to. Check Fox out. Check it out. Yeah. Online. Yeah. But um, and, uh, the second SmackDown was not as good as the first, uh, in, in my opinion, on Fox. I don't to know. be expected. D- to be expected. But um, so you you saw that. Did you see Hell in a Cell? No. Okay. I, I, thought, I thought I did. You know what? I started watching it. I never finished it. I, you yeah. don't. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I spoiled it for myself. I know everything that happened. Uh, okay. Yeah. Kirk, did you see Hell in a Cell? I watched a couple matches from Hell in a Cell. Okay. Um, I watched both of the Hell in a Cell matches. Both Cell matches. Okay. Yeah. Um, and one was definitely better than the other. A hundred percent. And we'll get uh, into that. Yeah, the ladies killed it. I yeah, thought. they sure did. Uh, I thought that was great. And then, you know, I have been a pretty big fan of The Fiend and everything. Love The Fiend. Yes. Um, you know, so I had to catch what they were going to do with him for his second match. And... Uh, that was hadn't. only the Fiend's second match, wasn't it? It was, yeah. He's been a part of a lot of segments, but they, they've been protecting him, which is kind of strange given the the fallout of that match. But, you know, I guess it's still kind of... I guess it keeps the championship on Seth, which is what they wanted to do, but I think they kind of went a little crazy with it. I think they had yeah. something pretty special, and um, maybe they were worried about... You know, not striking while the iron was hot, so they wanted to just kind of put him in the main event right away. Mm-hmm. 
Unfortunately, the writers botched another one. Oh, man. Corey, did you see? Uh, so? You know I didn't. Okay. I'm so, so lost. Did you hear about it? I'm actually Googling The Fiend to see who Go it ahead. is. You've oh, never Bray seen White. The Fiend. Oh, you haven't even seen The Fiend. Oh, my God. Wait, I, don't, I don't... You know who Bray Wyatt is, though. Oh, it's Bray Wyatt. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's Bray Wyatt, yeah. And it's, oh. a, it's a repackaging, uh, just a real quick... To get you caught up, so he's basically a kids' TV show host, you know, yeah. kind of in the same vein as like Pee Wee Herman, Mr. Yeah. Rogers, uh, yeah, yeah, Mr. Rogers, Pee Wee Herman. That's Bray Wyatt. Oh, like you know, I saw somebody shared one of those on Facebook, and yes. I didn't, I didn't watch it, but he's you know, got the play like, thing was going. Yeah, so I like I didn't get any of the sound or anything, but I was wondering what that was. Yeah. Not enough to actually. That's watch one of the hottest it, segments on uh, any WWE television mm-hmm. right now. Actually, That's I could good. see that because it's not. Exactly the same as everything. No, else it's that's not. On, so same thing as the twenty four seven, which are dropping a ball on. But go ahead, Kirk, keep going. Yeah, twenty four seven has had highs yeah. and lows. Uh, a little bit too much celebrity involvement for my tastes. Because now kinda, it is, they're they're killing it now. So I mean, I mean, killing it in a bad I, I way. Feel, I feel like whenever our truth is like the center of it, it's it's good. Yeah, great. He's good. It's great. Yeah, yeah. the whole the yeah. whole Carmella beating our truth thing that was like a slow build over yeah. like. 15 weeks or something like that. That was great. That was, yeah. They did an awesome job with that, I that felt like. That was extremely intriguing. Yeah. And now they got, like, uh, the celebrity, like celebrities, Rob Stone from ESPN, and and it's, and it's not even a segment on the show anymore. It's like, this happened earlier in the day, and they're not even showing it, really. I'm like, come on, man. That's your WWE kills their hottest segment if it's no, not supposed not, to be there. They're right now, because that... So then, obviously, that title is 100%. Uh, social media hype if they're not showing the matches on the, air because it is, it is definitely social media hype. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, it definitely yeah. is. Like, I'm, yeah. I constantly see them in like yeah. this YouTube post. They yeah. used to That's be chasing people through the arenas yeah. and getting involved even in the main events and stuff like that. Right. That was good stuff. Right. That was fun. They, they've they always been doing Kids it on Park, social media. Yeah, they did. And that was a throwback to kind of what Crash Holly did with... Um, oh, that's not... I was talking about Crash Holly. I'm not, I'm not watching nowadays, so I have no idea what they're doing <laughs> Well, but nowadays. they did that nowadays. They did a very similar thing now, too. Oh, but that was cool. Yeah. The throwback to that. Um, but yeah, so back to the... Uh, and we'll talk about more. There's so much more. But uh, Hell in a Cell. Let's let's talk about that, that last one. So it was... Um, it was The Fiend, right? And it was Seth Rollins. That was the main event built up. Uh, we talked about the red cell last year. I don't, I don't like the red cell. I don't ever I'm not, I'm see a chain link fence that's red. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Uh, and they even kept this. It, whole, it, be, it becomes too gimmicky. Like just keep it a regular. Yeah. Yeah. It's too gimmicky. And even in the last match, I understand this, Kurt, because it, the the character of the fiend, the red lights were down, so the lights were basically out the whole match. Um, <laughs> it was in, it was in the dark. Yeah. It was in the red. So the main light. event was a dark match. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> sure was. Um, okay, so we talked about protection here, and we're going to get get into this because Corey, you're you're been in around the business too. Bray Wyatt, I'm sorry, the Fiend got hit with, I want to say ten or eleven Seth Rollins stomps. Oh my god! Yeah, they just kept him going. He just like, kept why? getting up. I mean, it was slower and slower, but it was like it wasn't like. Seth Rollins was hitting one cover, hit one cover. No, he was just it was just rapid fire. Right, he was hitting like four or five in a row, and then going for the cover. And every time he would go for the cover, Bray Wyatt would kick out quicker. Like that, that kicking out at one. What was that? The Fighting Fury thing or whatever the hell that is? It's ridiculous. And then he got hit with like a chair and a sledgehammer and a toolbox and. What what actually happened? Did the referee stop the match? So here was. What I believe to be the official ruling was well, it was ruled a no contest. Um, this is a hell in a cell match. Remember, a, yeah, this is a hell in a cell match. So they didn't say that it was a disqualification. They didn't say 
Bray Wyatt won by disqualification. They said it was ruled a no contest. Basically, that things had got it so escalated that the ref, you know, rang the bell. Which I think is a reasonable thing if they had outdid previous Hell in the Cell matches. Mm-hmm. You know, however... They did not. They did not have some kind of crazy bump. You know, if somebody took a crazy bump off the top and they kind of gimmicked something to where they, like, fell through the floor or anything, that's fine. Uh, But to compare a sledgehammer shot to the top of a toolbox on a stack of chairs that are on top of you to Mick Foley getting thrown off the top, Mick Foley getting thrown through it, Mm -hmm. all the table bumps off the sides. I mean, even, you know, the Seth Rollins-Dean Ambrose tandem table spot yeah. you know where they both fell off and then I think Seth Rollins did it again with somebody that I mean that's kind of more severe than this you know I mean I get it was like a sledgehammer to the head um, but you know nobody thinks that it was some crazy thing and so they tried to make this story of Seth Rollins kind of breaking you know for weeks and weeks he was just you know piss his pants terrified of the fiend where <laughs> yeah. he couldn't he wasn't fighting back like right. You know, he would, the fiend would come up to his face and he would kind of cower away, which um, was okay. I mean, I think that they could have handled that a little bit better, but at the end, they just wanted Seth Rollins to snap and, you mm-hmm. know, kind of go against his morals or whatever story they were trying to tell. But it didn't, it just didn't really resonate. I mean, I think they tried to get a little too complicated with things. Um, they had something really good, and I think that they kind of have the next Undertaker-esque. I mean, it's. I never like to say the next something. Mm-hmm. You always want to be the best version of yourself. Sure. And that's how wrestlers get to be where they are. But at the same time, you know, as Undertaker was coming through, yeah, he was in that big Survivor Series match, and he had a lot of big matches, but week to week, he still had to, you know, wrestle up normal guys. Yeah. And he did no-sell stuff, you know, because he was supposed to be undead and everything like that. Not to this extent. But though. not to this he extent. He never exactly. did that. Corey as a as a referee. So you feel so you guys feel like he you feel like the no sell was too much. Like he, they shouldn't have they, gone that far with it. They went through thirty minutes of a match, and it seemed like the more Seth Rollins beat the Fiend, the stronger the Fiend got. You know, he kept kicking out quicker and quicker. Sure. And even after this, even after the disqualification or the match was stopped or whatever. Bray, Bray Wyatt, the Fiend, still got up and attacked Seth Rollins. I mean, like, what the... Like, um, I was confused. The, the, the crowd was chanting AEW, actually, at the end of that pay-per-view. <laughs> so um, I heard about that, yeah. 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 And and this is this is where I want to get Corey's involvement. Because when, when we said kind of what was happening here, you were like, oh, God. Yeah, finishers, the stomp, ten times, pedigree, um, sledgehammer, everything that Seth Rollins had and Fiend... In his second only match, actually, as the Fiend just kept getting up. You don't agree with this? Uh, it doesn't. That doesn't sound like it makes a whole lot of sense. No, it doesn't. I, I don't. I I didn't see the the whole match or any of okay. that. But I mean, given everybody's displeasure, it doesn't sound like the match itself made a whole lot of sense. Mm-mm. Like even even in the booking. Yeah. From a booking standpoint, it doesn't sound like it was. It was that. But I don't. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm not really following because I just it. None of it seems to make a whole lot of sense anymore. It's okay. like it's less of a of a show about a fight and more like a cartoon version of a fight. Like I feel more like I'm watching a live action Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, 
okay. than a uh, like a, a soap opera version of a wrestling match. Okay, like it used to be. Yeah. So I feel you. Do you mean like all of WWE or all of wrestling in general? I it's I feel like uh, it's. Like AEW's, I feel like is in there too, but not for the same reason. Like they're, they're they're not doing ridiculous hokey stories. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, not yet. Like apparently Steve don't, from Blues Clues yeah, being impervious to pain, but they are still like they're they're doing the old like ECW like stunt bump stuff, and it's like, mm-hmm. and it's like yeah that that's great, but. You know, you're nobody's. You're not really gonna continue fighting after you're getting thrown off of a building. Like that's not. That's the end of the fight. Like I don't care how much you think you have left in you. That's the end of the fight. That's not. That's not the beginning of the fight. Like, Big Show did that to Hulk Hogan in WCW. He threw him off I know, of the building. I, yeah, I remember. That, was that, that monster truck? Was you remember the, that the monster truck? Uh, thing. I that was never, great. I didn't watch wrestling at the time. That was close I, to when you were watching it, though. Yeah, but and I've gone like, back and watched it. I watched all that because it was... And Hulk Hogan hysterical. came back later in the night and fought. Oh, but before... So it's always, like, it's always been there. It's just, it seems like there's so much more of it now. Yeah. Don't forget, before that, before he got thrown off the building, they had a monster truck fight. Right. Monster truck sumo fight yeah. on the roof. <laughs> Beautiful. This was great stuff. This I think was I was John's actually first match, right? Yeah, I think I was actually the most excited about the monster truck thing <laughs> until it started happening. Uh, yeah, it's like wait, oh wait. man, all right, big ugly. So go ahead. We we were talking about we're uh, we're talking about match. We're talking about storylines. We're talking about Hell in a Cell. So you didn't see it, all no. of it. Yeah, but. I actually, mean, so um, let's let's see hear what you gotta say. I I actually like the idea of like what happened with like him continuing to like get up from the curb stomps. Um, that many? Yeah, so it was nine or but, ten. It was, but it seems very like I don't know, like Michael Myers. Like it's like it's like almost like cinema, like I mean, similar. Like, for like you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like that Absolutely. kind of thing. yeah. And, and I think, and you haven't seen the match, right? No. Uh-uh. So and I think that there was a way to do that. Without it, so all right, he took ten curb stomps, no problem. Brock Lesnar ate three, and that was done. You yep. know what I mean? So yep. like, if we're gonna use the curb stomp meter to determine, <laughs> you know, the Fiend versus Brock Lesnar, uh, Brock Lesnar is like three tenths of the Fiend. Thank you. This is exactly where I was going. Yep, with it. This is so it. Yep. I was going to say I I enjoyed it, but my problem is is that thinking about what comes after this because it's not like you know this is it. So it's like you gotta go somewhere after this. And it's like, what does this tell me about Brock Lesnar going down after three? Eventually it's like, okay, we're gonna have the fiend versus Brock Lesnar. So when a fiend gets that one F five and then it's over, oh, Kofi Kingston style, it's like, well, what does this mean <laughs> about you know the the ten curve stumps? And it's like it's like you set it up where no matter what happens when a fiend finally gets beat, it's never gonna make sense also, now. What so. about the next guy Seth can't get over on? What's he got to take, like, 20, 25? Yeah, like, stops? where like, does that go? Does that like, go? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. There's no, there's no realistic, like, future passage, which is why I feel like, overall, it was a mistake Or, to or we're looking this. at it the wrong way, and this is just how they're... In, this is, all this is just so that they can... Seth can introduce a new finishing move. Uh, you maybe. <laughs> he could. Yeah. He yeah. comes out. Oh, the hammer. curb stomp's just not enough anymore. Yeah. And they, they just gave that back to him because they took it away from him for quite a while. So, 
and now he's over like talking about protecting finishers overusing yeah. it I mean the F5 and well, the, the curb stomp's a nasty finisher. Yeah, it like, is nasty. That's, that's what I'm saying. saying. Like the most devastating he's finisher. He's stomping yeah. a guy's head into the ground. Like, yeah. That's what you, should be there protected. There shouldn't be a lot of guys getting up there after. There shouldn't be that. anybody getting up after one, let alone ten. But I don't know. Some <laughs> Samoan guys. <laughs> well, I don't care about Samoan. You know. yeah. I think they should have stopped at three. Three curb stomps. And then went into like whatever else. Go went to over sledge, to the extracurricular. Yeah, go to a sledgehammer. Go to everything else. I feel you. Yeah. Yeah, or just have them run the gauntlet of weapons on them or something. Sure, you know, right. Like a couple kendo stick shots, a couple chair shots. They <sighs> were working, I feel like when they were working on the outside of the ring, things were going pretty well because he was able to take, I think it was like a table shirt. spot and stuff like that. That's a good shirt. But, uh, <laughs> so they had the right idea. It's just that at the end, it was just so over the top. And we didn't even talk about the ending ending, which that kind of brought in a whole new level of bullshit because... <laughs> So, all right, so he gets up from this wreckage after, you know, Seth Rollins gives him the big trash pile and hits him with a sledgehammer. They the ring trash the pile. He just calls it like it is. It yeah. is. Well, yeah, it, was a, it, is. it was like chairs and a toolbox, and, like, he was literally, like, grabbing everything oh, yeah, from no, under no, the ring. Because there's a, there's a point in a hardcore match where you cross the line, and now it's just garbage wrestling because <laughs> there's too much stuff in the ring. Yeah, exactly. And so... Um, Especially when you're in a cage. It's so they lift, easy to get in that point. Yeah. Yeah, they lift the cage, and the refs come out to put... Uh, the fiend on a stretcher right. or whatever and then he just gets right up and gives Seth Rollins a mandible claw yep and then there's some Wait, weird I've seen this before there's some weird effect and Seth Rollins is just like oozing blood from his mouth he's just bleeding oh it's blood this time it used to be remember it was the foam it was the foam yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, so they kind of yeah. did that but it was just blood and you know I get that it's October and all that and I think there was a way to do it it's just that would be like a raw segment. That's like he attacks so. them and he does that, and they like add a little bit of spookiness to it. Yeah, that, no, that would have be... been great. The, the next night, Seth Rollins coming out talking, and then the lights go out and the lights come Which back on. And he's just in the mandible claw. Like, yeah, not on Raw though. It happened on SmackDown. Actually, no, it was uh, Bray Wyatt. I'm sorry, the Fiend came up through the ring. We haven't seen that gimmick. Well, I don't. Uh, I think I don't watch. So I don't know. I'm who's just on saying. What show. It, it continued, so it's still going. They're so, all the same. There's yeah, red and there's blue, but. And where does Seth and the Fiend go from here? Because they're still pairing him up, and it's it's wild. And they may end up on different brands after this draft. That I thought that having. was over. No, they started it on Friday night SmackDown on Fox, and they're ending it tonight on Monday Night Raw. There are only a certain amount of people eligible for that. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm when gonna... are they ever gonna decide? This is how we're gonna do the draft. We're gonna Never. do it this this way Never. every year. No. Yeah, definitely never. Change so every it, I, time. I feel, like, I feel like from the way that they've uh, built The Fiend, that yeah. he shouldn't participate in the draft. Oh, he's already been drafted? Oh, shoot. Well, <laughs> he's right. already been drafted on both shows. I was right. going to exactly. say, that seems like, like the kind of guy that's just going to show up show, where he wants. Right, yeah, exactly. It's that's like, what he should be. Right. Free right. agent. Yeah, it's like you don't control somebody like The Fiend, so... Um, but the Fiend is apparently an employee of the WWE, so he's going to go to SmackDown. That's where he's at. And Seth Rollins has not been drafted yet. This is uh, just drafted bullshit. Okay, but so, I just wouldn't even bring it up. I mean, it's already done. But it's like I wouldn't even have mentioned Bray Wyatt in the draft. I period. feel you. And just have the Fiend. And even when he shows up, it's like you know, you mentioned like the Fiend. You know, he's he's never drafted. He just does what he wants. That's know? exactly what he should that, be. Keep that character. Same going, thing like the right? Undertaker. Precisely. Amen. Because yeah. yes. like like her said, I mean, you you don't want to compare him and say he's the next Undertaker, but it's very similar. Yep. So 
You can't get around that. Yeah, yeah and they could definitely take a look at. Sorry, to cut you off. You're fine. Go ahead. They definitely could have taken at least the Undertaker trajectory and seen. Okay, this was very successful. Right. I mean, it was different times though. It was different True. times, but they could have still, you know, and they did build Bray Wyatt, the Fiend, to be a little bit more than when the Undertaker. There's elements they could first have started, used. but there's elements yeah. they could have used. They didn't even have to do necessarily like. You know things that the Undertaker did, as far as like the coffins or like the buried, buried alive matches, Which is stuff all great like stuff. that. Yeah, but all of that was over the course of you know eight years yeah. or whatever. Right. It wasn't it's like twenty years. But yeah, well, and, but I just the thing, meant, but the thing no, is, he's talking about the yeah. the coffins to the. Yeah, it's coffins a buried to alive the graves to the well, the coffins came in pretty early in the career. I think it was yeah. in the nineties, so like no, early, it was first. early it was late nineties. Right? It was very early. It was yeah, but that the first one that they really really pushed was the Yokozuna win. Oh, yeah, that and, was that was, yeah. and that was ninety four because that's actually the first event. And I that ever was watched. Uh, well, didn't didn't the Ultimate, didn't Ultimate Warrior do yeah. a casket match? Uh, there were a lot of guys that did casket. Right. Kamala's, yeah. Kamala's yeah. been closed in a casket. I don't think okay. his was a match, though. I so, think was, wait, so did Undertaker start a casket matches? Or no, he didn't. They were going on before Taker? I think it was... He started them. It I'm was not him. Sure, he did start them. I, okay. I haven't heard of one being yeah. done before him. Because here's the thing. We're, we're dealing with different times, but at, the same, but, but at the same time, the gimmick still gets over. It's like people still like seeing this supernatural, you oh, know, yeah. whatever that right. like transcends, you know, what what we know. It's like, and that's why I think, you know, what Curtis is saying is true. If they had a focus on what they did with the Undertaker back then, I think that it still would work because it's obvious that people still want to buy in to oh these, yeah like, no crazy no gimmicks. that, that like, stuff's yeah. great. It's just that it seems like they want everyone to look like a superhero, and I just. I mean, for me, they're just they're 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 bending the they're bending reality too far for me. Right. And I think so they just dropped the ball because they needed to continue to hit a home run with, especially with the establishment of AEW now, you know. But they just kind of it was a uh, it was a half-assed pay-per-view if you want to put it that way. It, it, they, you could have done a lot more with it, uh, you know. And they just they just dropped the ball. Although they did set the bar really high, like Kurt said earlier, the first match with Sasha and Becky. Off, they uh, opened the match. They opened the show they with that. Sh- oh my god! Yeah. But it was incredible. That match was great. It was. That's been a new thing with WWE where they start with a title match and end with a title match. Yep. Um, and I actually kind of like that as opposed to you know because if you have, I a, get it. It's just the first one always seems to be. If you way take it all and just do semi main and main, everybody's already blown up by the time you get to the end of the show, and it's not real. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it's 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 a strange, but they are kind of bookending the show, uh, their pay per views at least like that. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it just when you set the bar so high, especially in a cell match, the last match can't match up physically, so they had to go way off the rails with this whole also I don't cartoonish. I don't know how many people would have stuck around after the closing match, regardless of what position it was on the card. True. I so mean, I'm not. Because there was a lot of disappointment there. Yeah. So. And, and, and right, those tickets are expensive, though. That's a lot of money to get up and walk away. It's true. <laughs> a little still more expensive than AEW, which uh, you and I got a chance to go see their first live TV, which was pretty damn good, I got to say. They did pack a lot into those two hours, and we'll talk about that, too. I forgot how boring it was to go to live TV events. <laughs> they just sit there during a the commercial break, and it's like, uh They actually didn't do too bad. They tried to fill the commercials with... Stuff it wasn't they did. Just the guy did get, he did a pretty good job of getting on the mic and 
and uh, keep Who threw keep the tweener in here? Enough, but <laughs> just not throwing on a wrist hold. <laughs> and then there it is. But uh, did you see AEW, Kurt? I was there. Oh, you were there too? Yeah. All right, all right. And did you just, you haven't seen any of this yet, Big Ugly? No. Just what he's what's... caught, but he hasn't been watching a whole okay. lot of that because, you know, he does the, the production. That's right, because you, you work. You know, yeah. you're, you're doing real, real stuff. Yeah, we're all, we're all over here yeah. just talking. Uh, I'm, doing, I'm doing real production. <laughs> but he, yeah. he's over there. He's over there working. Yeah. All right, so, I mean, it looks like AEW is doing a pretty good job legitimizing themselves. They just have to continue to do so on a week-to-week basis now instead of just the social media that they do in between every three months where they have a pay-per-view. So uh, I thought they did a good job. Um, did, did anybody else feel like it was just a huge throwback to, to Nitro. Nitro? Hell yeah. Absolutely. 100%. They took what worked for Nitro, and they also took a couple elements of ECW, which we were talking about, the big, uh, like the table spots and, the, you know, the glass table, whatever, and they're kind of putting these elements together. And they're sh- they're showing what works. And so far for two weeks, I think they've done a pretty good job. Um, can they keep the momentum though? I don't I don't know. This is the most interested anyone has ever been in Jack Swagger, right? <laughs> uh, except my buddy, dude. Eric. My buddy Eric has always been a huge fan yeah, of Jack. I'm Swagger, a Jack Swagger so had like, a good run with Cesaro. He was ha- yeah he was handed he was handed a garbage. I was gimmick. happy to see him. But make he was a he was great. Run in. Well, what's his name now? Jake Jack, Hager. Jake Hager. Okay. Which is actually I believe his shoot name. I believe that's his real oh, name. Oh, that's his name. It might uh, be Jake yeah. Hager. But uh, it was great. He came out on the second week, and Jericho did his uh, his little posse, which we, now we have factions again, which is beautiful. Um, and then they started the We the People chant, which was a whole Jack Swagger thing. And he was like, shut up. That didn't get over. That didn't work. Creative didn't work. Let's just move on. And the crowd popped. Yeah. It was over for a while, though. It, it, yeah. Or it maybe was, it didn't get over because we were supposed to hate it. We weren't supposed Everybody to like it. it. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah, it, it did get over. The We the People got over with Cesaro <laughs> first. Yeah. And then... Jack well, Spiker. because without Cesaro, it seemed super racist. <laughs> there's nothing wrong. And with then that. they added the minority, and it right. and it became. Funny. Did you say there's nothing wrong? There's nothing wrong. It's nothing wrong with a little wrestling. It's not. That's right. So I mean, wait, wait, wait. Racism what are in? There's Cesaro is also it. white. What are we? Is he? Cesaro? He's white enough. Uh, he's like, isn't he? Uh, he's like Swiss, right? He's yeah, Swedish. but he's still white. <laughs> he's very white. He's oh, that's very, true. Right, got, yeah. I don't know what. Yeah. I mean, it's three white guys. I don't know what kind of diversity <laughs> we thought, got. We got. Know, uh, this is Zeb, a domination. We got I'm talking still, about here. This was Jack Swagger, Cesaro, and Zeb Coulter, right? That was this, as white as you is, can get. This is how little I follow. <laughs> I didn't even. Yeah. Know, I didn't even know the dude was a white guy. Yeah. I knew he was like from somewhere else, but you're right. He's like, yeah, he's European. I mean, yeah, no. So that's what I'm saying. It's the opposite of the nation of domination, but no. Um, and Mikey D's all right because when you when you have racist characters in professional wrestling, you got to remember that at some point in time, they are getting their asses kicked. Yeah, which yeah. is great. That's the payoff. That's so, exactly what you yeah. want. So I, 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 everybody's a little. You know, like you you didn't complain that there were Nazis in the first Captain America movie, did you? No, because they killed them. <laughs> That's very true. Touche. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so, so AEW okay so it was fun to watch and I went back and listened to the commentary because I had to because Tony Schiavone I'm a big Tony Schiavone mark that's I, him on there right he's like doing interviews or hell something? yeah okay no it's him and JR commentating it's, and that guy in the mask Excalibur that's yeah. it that's it I knew first it. of all Excalibur's fantastic I don't want to uh, he's like the Corey Graves of AEW right now he is so good um, how's but, JR uh, is he losing does, has he know, lost his steam I, I right. tell you, it, the first couple shows AEW to JR did, he just seemed very 
out of it, very disinterested. Yeah, he seemed like he was phoning in the pa- the last paper. Yeah, really. Just very not passionate about it. You go back and watch Attitude Era, even back at WWF, WWE. Jr. is all into it. Now, of course, he's twenty five years older now. Yeah, and of course. You know, Bell's palsy kicked his ass several times, and he's been fired so many times. It don't matter. And he's just doing this for fun. He yeah, lost, he his, lost wife his wife, yeah, not too long ago. Yeah, but I tell you, the second week listening to AEW commentary was a little better. Jr. was a little bit more on point. But um, Tony Schiavone is kind of like the third man. He's kind of in the background, and when he sticks in, he's very good. But Excalibur is the bomb. Um, I'm sorry, was, was Tony Schiavone not just the third man on Nitro? No, he was. I think he was the lead, wasn't he? He was the lead on Nitro. I mean, he introed like he was the lead, but he was the one that had no business being there. But he was the he was, I mean, he was one, great. He I mean, was a great color commentator, yeah. commentator. But like, there was like what? Uh, well, Mike, he was he Mike Tanay, and there was like there would be Tenet, there would be a wrestler with him, and then there would be uh, Mongo McMichael, whatever. And then there'd be like Mike Tanay. Oh, see, I was Bobby Heenan. I Heenan forgot before he passed. Yeah, I forgot Steve McMichael used to. Uh, I used to commentate because he that was before he wrestled when he really didn't know a whole lot of anything about wrestling his commentary was awful yeah it was pretty bad I'm Um, sure it was a lot better after his career though maybe Um, he probably (laughs) learned a few things at least with Tony Schiavone I feel like they have the color commentator and JR the play by play from Excalibur yeah and then Tony Schiavone, and this was kind of how he was in Nitro too. He's kind of the host, I would say. Yeah, he kind of yeah. hosts the show because Tony Schiavone would do the he did the in ring segment. Sure. Before um, Jericho came out and, and beat up Cody. Right. Was well, uh, like we were saying, it was like he didn't belong there, which was like he was like the the Dusty Rhodes of commentators. Right. But when he it was like, we all loved him because he was one of us. Yeah. So he's just a wrestling fan that got to to host a wrestling show. Let's say, but when Tony speaks up and speaks out, it's just, it's really good. He's, he knows what he's talking about. You know what I mean? So I know, I'm not saying he was clueless. I'm just saying <laughs> there were other guys more knowledgeable about the subject of I professional agree. wrestling than him sure. that were on the payroll already. Okay. Fair enough. But the throwback to Nitro, this is what we were talking about earlier. It's a big I hate throwback. That Mike Tanay didn't get the full show. Damn it. Mike Tanay. I'd love to see him uh, come back, but that'll Sorry. never happen. Um, Nitro, the ECW, it's great. And then watching AEW, they, it's very colorful. It's, um, you know, they do have pyro, they do have uh, quick segments. Um, well, as WWE far as, has pyro now, too, right? Yeah, they got their pyro back on every right. show. WWE. Oh, really? Why? Yep. Like, they had to. They, they had to. Had to. <laughs> really? Vince McMahon said, oh, they got pyro. Like, he, and then he called up four pyro guys Pretty to much. make sure that they would try to blow AEW out of the, but out of the water with the pyro. I mean, they're going to Fox. They got to pull out all the stops. You can't, yeah. you can't cut but corners. Why? Like, really? I don't know like, that it's necessary, but it's whatever. Not, pyro. It's not, I like pyro. When you, when you have Brock Lesnar hit his little entrance, and it's like, there's no pyro, just seems so It's a lot better with pyro. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, exactly. You feel it. So what you're yeah. saying is, is that the pyro allows the guys to be more lazy with their entrance. Maybe. So they can rely on Maybe. it to, to add the hype instead of... Yeah, I'm sorry. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like pyro. I, I, I've always yeah. looked forward to it at WrestleMania right. or whenever. Right, exactly. Roman Reigns hits the, the, wow, the see, ground I, and it goes off the side. Yeah. I, like, I have sensitive ears, so it was always the worst part yeah. about going like, to the shows. Right. Yeah, fair, enough. Like, fair, fair enough. Fair enough. So, And then what drives me crazy is, like, I'll go see concerts... But you don't hear their pyro. I was like, why? Why do I hear the wrestling pyro? 
but not the pyro. And I'm not talking. I'm not, and I know music's really loud, but the pyro to introduce the bands, like before the music kicks in, mm-hmm. was, like I don't hear any of that. But I, I always heard the the wrestling pyro. You ever get pyro with uh, with playing the drums there, Kurt? I have not. No. I, have, I have not played a flaming drum kit or anything fun <laughs> like that. Unfortunately, it's coming. Yeah, that's that's on your that's on your list to do things. Um, <laughs> just an FYI, you need to contact a fire marshal anytime you want to light a, anytime you even want to light a match in a room full of people. So just keep that in mind. Yeah, I think that uh, the logistics of the situation will probably be handled if it ever gets to that point. Um, or I will be way past the point of giving a fuck. And, <laughs> and that's uh, where it is. I'll, I'll no, just, I just, because you, yeah. you think, oh, I could just hang some sparklers on my drum set. And it's now you still need to call the fire marshal for that garbage. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, very strict with the fire, the fire marshals are. So let's, um, let's move one more thing and then we'll, we'll hook up to Michael Spedden interview after yeah. and then we'll uh, come back and we'll wrap all this nice, nice, nice stuff up. Um, and we did shout out to uh, CM Funk and we did shout out to Jam and Jason. Uh, by the way, CM Funk uh, had some things to say. I want to talk Doesn't about Friday he always? Night. He always does. I want to talk about Friday Night Smackdown, but... What up, uh, Funk? <coughs> what up, Funk? So here we go. First of all... Uh, why does the Saudi prince always get his way? This is Crown Jewel, which we're going to talk yeah. about later. Money. Um, money. Amen. <laughs> right? Money. That's why it's called Crown Jewel. Um, yep. Let's see. Uh, okay. Oil money. Uh, hell in the Cell. Sure. WWE pooped the bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, why? Who does Becky lose to if not Sasha? Long drawn out camera, camera shot of Bailey losing reaction. Well, we found out what that was for because she turned, actually turned heel recently, which we're going to talk about. Um, and the fiend not winning, and the red cell, and pretty much everything we've already been talking about. Although she was kind of already a heel, I mean, she was just kind of like a Bo Dallas heel. Yeah, yeah. definitely. He yeah. was pl- she's still playing the face character, but still actually a heel, right? So, but now they like, and this is great too. She came out with an axe. She chopped the Bailey buddies up. She had to, now she has a short black hair. She's got the gold and black on now. So she actually turned herself heel with her entrance that had no pyro. Corey, I mean, yeah, no pyro at all. With the Bailey buddies, but she destroyed them. So, oh, with the used car sale? Yeah. Uh, yeah, sale the wacky guys. inflatable tube men. Yep, yeah. that's right. And then they had a hell of a I like those. Those guys were fun. <laughs> she did not like. She she had to get rid of them. But with an axe? Like, really? Yeah, is, like, is, that, is that a... I'm sorry. Sidetrack. Is that a Hebner reffing this match? That is the Hebner. That is the Hebner. That's yeah. Earl Hebner. <laughs> Damn right. Yeah. He's going to die. And he still right. does the pump fake no. after two, which pisses me off. As a, I'm sorry, Corey. Like, as a referee, you know, the pump fake, one, two, and then he just flattens completely out and jumps off his knees. So, I hate that. I can't stand that. All right. Continue. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, I mean, I, I've seen him do it. I've never, I didn't know there was a term for it. I call it the pump fake. That's just me. So he just made it up. I made it up. But you were saying it. Oh, like oh so that's it. he's trying to make it a thing. Is that's, <laughs> right. that's what he's it doing. Is a thing. He tried to make it a thing. It right. is a thing. He thought he was gonna slide yeah. that in. I'll slide it he in. Thought I, was, I feel yeah. like he it. thought I was gonna be like, yeah, oh yeah, no. I, I hate the pump fake too. Yeah, yeah. that's such garbage. All right, whatever I call it. I don't I have the knees. I don't have the knees to have been doing that. So I don't. I don't never, either. Never so. even considered it. No, I don't either. So I don't know how Earl at seventy whatever he is actually, years old. Well, actually, since I started doing the parkour, that's I probably could. that's crazy. If I pop Damn. up a wall like that. Anyway, um, so Bailey turned heel, yeah, and she had a good match with Charlotte, who is now the ten-time uh, SmackDown or just 
10-time women's champion. Uh, too much. And CM Funk will say it. Too much. Too much Charlotte. Uh, I Yeah, I get that, that they want her to break her dad's record, but, like, can't they at least act like they have time to do it? I mean, Flair did that over a period of 25 or 30 years. Charlotte's going to do it in her first 10 years in the business. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> good Lord. What do you think of Charlotte there, Kurt? Uh, I think she's pretty great. I kind of agree that she's in the title picture a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really... I mean, the amount of times she's won the title, I think, is not really too big of a deal. The one thing I dislike that they do with Charlotte is that when she does come back, you know, if there's ever a break or she switched brands or anything like that, she always just kind of waltzes up to the ring and just takes the title opportunity. You yeah. know, there's never... She never has to really earn anything, which as a heel, it works pretty well when they... Because she's currently face. Right. It doesn't really work as well. I feel like it doesn't really get the people behind her. It really... It puts all the onus on the heel to be hated for people to like Charlotte. Yeah. Um, but I mean, her ring work is great. I don't. I True. think. I think that she's absolutely a top tier talent. Um, and I think that keeping her up by the main event scene is great. You know, and is a great tool to get other people into there. It's just I think it could be utilized a little bit better. Big ugly overusing Charlotte. Uh, definitely. I think I've, I've said it before that I, I pretty much feel the exact same way. I think that they could take her out of the title picture. Give some other some of the other girls a chance to to step up, um, but I think we're just going to continue seeing this for years yeah. to come. So and I think she's the John Cena of the women's division. Yeah. yeah, and I think with this new branding with Fox too, and it this they they had to uh, kind of use their top tier talent because I mean if the people have never watched pro wrestling or haven't watched SmackDown, you know you need. You need those people at the helm. Even if you take those people off the helm the next week, yeah, that's kind of what happens. But um, maybe she should just start wrestling more like her dad did. You mean forty-five minute uh, drawn-out Broadways? Well, or I mean, what do you mean? I mean, for the most part, just getting the crap kicked out of her for the entire match, and then oh yeah, so you know, get, cra- <laughs> hooking the tights for to sneak a pin. That would be awesome. Like, I'd lo- I love that heel stuff. I mean, that's like Flair w- did that all the time. He sure did. And he bled I mean, every his, his finisher was the Arn Anderson spine buster. <laughs> Arn Anderson did a spine buster on that last AEW. Was it AEW, I think? The last page? Yeah, yeah, he did. Oh. He did. That's right. Oh, my God. He still did it pretty well. He can barely move half of his body, but he came out and he did a, he did a run in and he did a spine buster. Yeah. Damn it. Unbelievable. By the way, full gear AEW pay per view coming to Baltimore. The Royal Farms Chicken Box, as well as uh, all those days arounding that Starcast at the uh, convention center. So, Starcast Four, check it out. Everybody's going to be there, including RoboCop. So, get your tickets now. See about getting a table. Exciting stuff. Sell some cookies. We did. We talked about. I actually, big ugly. I I got uh, information back from their vendor. It does cost a little bit of money to be a vendor at the Starcast. Ah, um, okay. So. Um, we might have to talk about that offline because we might have to get a loan. But, damn it. <laughs> You're like, get a loan. No, we need to get a loan. Damn it. Um, so, Friday Night Smackdown on Fox. This is the last thing we'll talk about before the break. Um, big first show. Rock came out. Put uh, Becky and Corbin over in the same segment. Lots of legends. Lots of good matches. Uh, Shane McMahon and um, Kevin Owens did a real Still? Uh, that's over now. They did a ladder match to pay it off. I hated that whole story. You did? 
Yeah. Did you see that? You saw the match though. Yeah. Sure. The ladder match was didn't it? matter. They messed it up. Uh, all right. So you didn't like the story going into it. I mean, I love the story going into it, but then I just of, felt like there's whole, a lot of dumb. Yeah, that whole like hundred thousand dollar fine, and then you had like Kevin like begging for his job. Yeah, I didn't like that part of it. All of, so to me, it's like that ruined it. So it's like by the time they got to the ladder match, I was already like. Shane just kind of punked him. You know they what got, I'm saying? Like they got us like, hyped, like they were, like they were trying to to uh, do the whole uh, Stone Cold thing yep. again, sure. and yep. and then like they teased us, and then they just they went completely yeah. in the other and, direction. And I feel like what like, it was was they didn't want to commit to it. Like they didn't want to be like, oh, we people are just going to say we're repeating the Austin thing. Yeah. So they tried to swerve us, but the swerve sucked. Just <laughs> yeah. think what worked. The swerve is <laughs> awful. <laughs> I think it was uh, just drawing it out to get to this match for the SmackDown uh, the, the debut. That's all I think it was. And th- they screwed it up by doing that. But the match was okay. I didn't mind the match. And now Shane McMahon is off TV for a while. So maybe they'll actually do something with Kevin Owens. We'll see. Probably not. but yeah, I hope. We got fingers crossed. You know who might do something with Kevin Owens? AEW. AEW might. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. speaking of that, I... They should have, instead of all the fine nonsense they tried with that storyline, they should have just had Kevin Owens be like, sure, you're going to fire me. I've heard there's a lot of new competition right. in the wrestling world. There's a brand new show coming on. You know what yeah. I mean? And no, then he show up on NXT. Or, <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's what, um, what's his name did? Uh, Finn Balor went down to NXT. I'll say down, but he went over to NXT. But see, that it's, was, it's still a down. It is. It, I mean, they're trying to make it seem like it's like an extension, but not, it's still like a step backwards. <laughs> It's not the main card. I mean, I and, and that's and that's the re- the reason that they can get away with the Raw and SmackDown splits being both looked at as main cards is because for the longest time it was one card on all their shows. You're right. That's a hundred percent. NXT was never part of that. Right. Yeah. So and, and we'll, we'll we'll talk about NXT. And they're, u- and they're using NXT to go up against the new competition. So what does that say? It's like that's saying like. Raw and SmackDown are too good to even need to compete with. You know what I'm saying? Right. These little guys. So NXT is still your, like... Well, Raw and SmackDown, it's like, it's got so far from from professional wrestling now. It's Well, weird. there's some pretty good action as far as in-ring competition I'm not NXT. saying there's not. I'm just saying that they're... All NXT, but well, not Raw and SmackDown There's some good wrestling. It's just there's less wrestling Definitely. On their shows than there used to be. Yeah, I hear you. Well, watch NXT though. That's full of granted. Full of it is what each show is so. like three hours now, so <laughs> I that's yeah. a lot to fill up every week. Daniel Bryan described the WWE in his book as a parody of wrestling. Hmm. It's like yeah. that's what it's become. You know, like and this was as he was still signed and everything. I mean, that's it's kind of true. I mean, there's definitely a lot of enjoyable stuff going on, but as far yeah. as the overall. WWE universe. Not talking about the fans. I'm talking about the universe inside of WWE and okay. the kayfabe inside of WWE. Nobody sure. calls the fans the universe except except WWE. WWE. Right, right, right. <laughs> I just wanted to make that distinction. Uh, you know, That's that cool. is overall, I would say, somewhat of a parody of wrestling at this point. Yeah. Oh yeah, it really is. They get the NXT parodying the the indies, and then the the Raw and SmackDown parodying. What they used, what used to, be. to be the main event. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I think that's that's he nailed it. Dan O'Brien did. It does give us a lot to talk yeah, about on seventy three podcasts. Big ugly. <laughs> it gives us an opportunity to talk to a lot of different people. So, I mean, it's it's there's a lot out there to watch. I mean, there's pretty much wrestling on every night of the week, and if you have streaming services, it can be on every night of the week. There's a couple of other ones we haven't even got to yet, which we will. Um, but uh, 
What uh, let's let's talk about uh, Friday Night SmackDown as a grade. Let's just throw this out there. You saw the first one. What did you think of the first one? Grade it A, B, C, D. I thought it was a B plus. Okay. I just don't want to give it an A. But it was pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Kurt, I honestly thought it was a C. Wow. Yeah. Didn't impress you too much, huh? It did not. There was a couple things that bugged me, but we'll go around the table and then if you want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see where that C came from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Corey, did you did you see the first SmackDown? Um, no, I did not. Okay, I, I actually I did see the first SmackDown. I mean, way back, way back in then in 1999. 1999 or eight? Is it is it eight or nine? Might have been nine. It's so long ago. with the fist. You know that was pretty good. Yeah, that's right. Before we get into that real quick, so just backtracking here about WWE being like a parody of wrestling nowadays. <laughs> See, this is like, what is, we do. Is that, is, is funny because it always was kind of a parody. So. Right, is that WWE's fault? Because I feel like when I think about some of the stuff that's going on now, it's like a lot of it's not too different than what was going on in 1998 during the Attitude Era, like with all of the entertainment, the gimmicks, and all of this crazy, wacky stuff going mm-hmm. on. But it's like the fact that you know kayfabe is dead and all of that it's like that's not wwe's fault that's just technology and times like killing it so they're yeah. pretending like kayfabe is not dead so this is where the parody when it's comes convenient when, right well wouldn't make sense for them well, i actually watched a, a youtube clip of triple h i don't know how old it was but he came out and said something about when he was if being unhappy and he was mocking people for getting going online and complaining mm-hmm. so it was it's when it's convenient they'll so I, pretend it's still a thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess the best way to so I think now it is it is WWE's fault, but I think it's also partially that WWE became a publicly traded company and so they have the shareholders to constantly worry about. Yeah. But you know, just as as far as you when you watch the wrestlers interact with each other, when you watch their promos and stuff like that. It felt more real in the Attitude Era. It felt more like these are two people interacting that, you know, have a genuine problem with each other mm-hmm. for some reason. And they did such a good job of interweaving all these stories and characters to where it made, you know, characters that you don't really care about, like the headbangers and stuff like that. Like all these, like, mid-card guys, no, they were still no, involved as, with all As a guy of... that dressed like that in high school, I love the headbangers. <laughs> I'm not saying that like they 100%, weren't great. I, I was wearing skirts before yeah. they were a thing, though. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> but they made all those guys matter. They put Midian in, in storylines and yeah. stuff like that. Every they, segment matters. Oh, freaking yeah. brood, man. I'm sorry. I just got Okay. Yeah, yeah, nothing wrong right? with that. Yeah. No, the brood's dope. <laughs> yeah. oh, that, uh, was, that was the best thing Edge yeah. ever did. <laughs> <laughs> wow, mm, that's a hot take. So, Phoenix. But anyway, moving on. Dude, he, they came up from a ring of fire. Yeah, yeah I know. Like how? Difference. No, I just it's it's, it's all downhill from there. I'm oh, sorry, yeah. you yeah. can't yeah. you can't make it better than that. Yeah. But now they're so with the promos and everything, they're so worried about everybody getting their catchphrase in and everything like that. It feels like the dialogue comes secondhand to the wrestler and their shtick whatever their thing is yeah um and it's not that you know i think dan o'brien is still killing it as far as promos and stuff like that goes the people that are allowed to just talk freely are doing a pretty good job still but that's not many people that they right. give that do the best promos are the ones that he's just yeah, letting it come yeah. out yeah no talking when they give him talking points it's like he's such a robot it, yeah, Talking Smack was so good because it was exactly that. It was off wrestlers. Great. It was off-the-cuff wrestlers talking to each other. Yeah. Um, well, it's like you said, WWE kills every every good thing they got going. They just ended, yeah. And, right. Yeah, and, it, and they put so many handcuffs on it 
that it does feel some somewhat just forced upon you and scripted. And that's and back in the attitude era, it was less like that. You know, they might have said, "Okay, here's point A, here's point B. This is something you have to hit in the middle. Do it." Right. <laughs> you know, but they trusted the wrestlers to be their characters. Um, you know, the wrestlers often know their characters the best. You know, they've been uh, doing when, it for years and, and years. Back in the attitude and, era, I don't, like I don't know what they're doing now, but uh, back then was when they started. They they started dropping the characters and started making the wrestlers just over exaggerate their personality. Yeah, more. and that was what worked kind of the best, you know. Especially like they, they, Austin had, they, and gave, Austin a, they gave a lot of the guys a lot more creative control in the nineties than than, than, than other Which times. Is well, I don't. I mean, they might still be doing it, but a lot of, with a lot of the stuff, it doesn't like, seem that way. And like Kurt said, it's a publicly traded company. They have a lot of people to answer to, so they they have to put handcuffs on it, or else they're going to lose, you know, whatever money they got left. You know what I mean? So, although the XFL does come out next year, so we'll see how that works. So. Yeah, speaking, <laughs> speaking of losing money. Well, so, I don't think Vince cares. All right, but going back around, right. I'm sorry, I put this on a tangent. Kurt, Somebody why the C? Yeah, why the C? What, why what the was C? the issue with the SmackDown? Okay, so the <clears throat> thing, I guess a lot of it was the main event. Um, but the thing... The squash match? The squash match. <laughs> but also what happened after the squash match. So Which, okay. So the one thing that I didn't like, and I guess partially this was a little bit of episode two leaking over too, but with the whole draft and they had the boardroom and all that. Real quick, I forgot, I forgot about the main event. Right. What was I forgot the main, about the main event. Yeah, the main event was pretty rough. And it wasn't... It's a C. What was the main? It, it was, was Brock Lesnar yeah. versus Kofi Kingston for the WWE yeah. Championship. Oh, that was that was the, the squash so they could get King... Kane uh, Velasquez. Velasquez. Yeah, yeah, so it was... Just change your grade, big ugly. Yeah. Matter of fact, I should fail this month. (laughs) Right? No, it was terrible. Absolutely. For Kofi Kingston's sake, um, it was a total failure. As far as the squash match happening, I had less of a problem. As far as who got buried the worst, it wasn't Kofi Kingston. Nope. It was Rey Mysterio. Amen. He got absolutely destroyed in that first segment yeah uh and he didn't do anything he didn't take a single move he came out there like with his sling on with kane velasquez like this guy just beat up me and my son help us out like it was so rough and i'm not gonna go to the hospital uh, with my son i'm gonna walk out with kane velasquez and anyway i thought that was eddie guerrero's son never mind sorry hey remember they they had dominic on a pole match no it was his his adoption papers or something yeah i remember that absolutely go ahead so yeah okay I'm I'm getting I'm getting one to go ahead, Kurt. Yeah, so I, so they so they squash they squash Kofi, but <laughs> people that have have kind of analyzed it and said that you know Fox is trying to go a little bit more sports with it, yeah, to add up you know play up that a little bit, and people brought up a good point that in the UFC some of the best fighters get caught. Okay, Kofi Kingston got caught that night. Sure, it wasn't like Brock Lesnar. Grabbed him, gave him ten suplexes, and then an F five. It was one F five that just knocked him out. Yeah, um, it kind of killed Kofi's big push. But there was at least a justification that if they were to continue their storyline, Kofi Kingston was caught. Sure. You know, and then they could go back and have like an all out brawl afterwards. Sure. What happened after the fact was awful. Now look what it did for the second uh, Goldberg 
Brock match. Yeah. When Goldberg caught Brock. That's right. And then the second match was way more hyped than the first. Right. right. And then the third, same thing. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't see them continuing the, the No, absolutely not. Because story, Cain Velasquez came back. And the thing was, you know, the Cain Velasquez-Brock Lesnar storyline has some kind of, you know, value and everything like that. But one... Their UFC match was 10 years ago. Exactly. Uh, Who remembers that? Brock Lesnar looks pretty good I, still. I remember. 10 it. years later, he looks really? a little... Really? Yeah. He look, it was a big deal. I mean, I my remember favorite, from back then. My I favorite don't... part was that uh, Brock Le- afterwards, Brock Lesnar said that every time Cain Velasquez hit him, he was hitting him with less energy. Oh, okay. I remember... You were, you were a big UFC guy, too, so you, we're going to get into that with you. So you remember that, too. But... Cain uh, beating Brock? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And, and I don't mind that the legitimacy of the sports and what they're trying to do, but yeah, the, the way that they just kind of brought him back in, and then the announcer's like, you know who that is? That's Cain Velasquez. Okay. And then the same thing with Rey Mysterio. He's just standing there in a sling like, uh, what the? F- <laughs> and for weeks they were building up this big storyline with Rey. Not a big storyline, because obviously it fizzled. Yeah. But they were building up a storyline with Rey that he had you know, he'd been losing some matches. Sure. And he was kind of like, you know what? I think it's probably I'm time like to retire. hang up the boots. Yeah. And his son begged him not to. And so he, he was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to go on this run. You know, one last run. And he was started winning matches again. And, you know, they kind of started building up Rey Mysterio to potentially, you know, take another shot at the title or at least, you know, another another little blip on the end of his career. Yeah. Uh, and instead, Brock Lesnar just beat him and his son up. And then he went and <laughs> called Big Daddy Cain Velasquez Big to, Daddy. you know, go solve his problems. And Cain Velasquez looked Terrible. Yeah. But that's how he always looks, though. But no, yeah, he was never. He's never no, had a body. He was never. I'm not saying. Like, he's yeah, never but been he a body was. Guy. He was proportionate. You stand him up to Brock Lesnar. He looks. He was. No, he's, he's always been just that CM Punk skinny fat. Like, really? Yeah. Kane but, yeah, not, had a body. Not, not later uh, vegan CM Punk, like early. Yeah, like early, early CM Punk. Maybe yeah. the HDTV with all the bright lights just kind of stuck no, out I, with Kane. No. I don't know. I went I, back and watched no. their fight, their UFC fight. He did not look that bad. I'm not saying that Cain Velasquez. I didn't went see it, from, so I don't know how bad he looks now. But he like it's not like I know, would need to go back and see see the fight. But I just have always remembered that he has not had a body. Yeah, like he fight. was no Tank Abbott. He wasn't like <laughs> he wasn't that big. Yeah, he was never right. But he just but he was he's never, he's never yeah. been like Brock or like Alistair Overeem like cut. He was one of those guys that when he got in there, you're like, oh, I know he can fight because he doesn't look like he belongs (laughs) there. So obviously he earned it. And you don't have to be because, you know, McFoley never had a a body that really. But it's just something. Muscles don't mean you're you're tough or a good fighter. It doesn't. But he, Cain Velasquez really had noodle arms. And it's not (laughs) that he, it, it just, it looked like he was way more out of shape than when he was a fighter. Uh, and I mean, it, which is probably true. I mean, because he's probably not training the replacements like he used to since he stopped fighting for Right, and, and that's kind of a problem for... The thing is, you, you can't just hope that everybody knows Cain Velasquez. You have to kind of give... You know, throw the people a bone that don't know who he is. Yeah, just I mean, because yeah, it's he's on been Fox at a UFC for a while. And, uh, exactly. And just because it's on fact, Fox was a, is a legitimate sports outlet, it does not matter. You need to explain that a little better. UFC because, fans don't have the biggest memory either. So. Well, this is true. Um, but I don't think that got a pop, really. I, I think it just fizzled. Because it's like, who is this? But then uh, then they started to explain, and then whoever it was attacked, which came last class. 
attack Brock Lesnar, which is cool, and then they had to pull apart Brawl, which is, eh, seen that before. I think he just, I think Brock just ran. It was, was that? Oh, no, yeah. the pull apart Brawl was on the, uh, yeah, something I'm, else. Know, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah um, and that might have been uh, the other one with... Um, no, he gave him a double leg. He gave him a double leg and a couple shots. Yeah, and then, no, I'm just talking, about, Kane, just talking about a pull-apart brawl. Oh, I, like, yeah, oh, I yeah, think yeah, I might have been hitting him a few about, times. He, like, kicked him off of right, him. Right, right, right. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I think I brought Braun and uh, the Big Show. I mean, uh, damn it. Braun and... What Tyson Fury. Thank you. They did have the pull-apart brawl. That's the pull-apart brawl. So here's the thing Boxer. I wanted to talk about real quick with the Kofi Kingston thing and and Rey Mysterio because yeah. I agree completely about both of them looking bad and I feel like this goes back to what we we're just talking about with the Fiend and everything and like how you can start to do things that don't make sense right because essentially I feel like what WWE started building this as was like these two small guys somebody like a Kofi Kingston is way out of his depth with somebody like a Brock Lesnar Rey Mysterio way out of his depth yet you just had Seth Rollins who is essentially a small guy <laughs> beat Brock Lesnar twice, twice right? Twice in this year, yep. And then the one time, okay, he, he low-blowed him, but then he beat him clean. But now we're back to being like, Brock, small guys can't handle Brock Lesnar. Right. Kofi Kingston gets caught with one one F5 and, and it's over. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it, but we just watched... Seth Rollins beat Brock Lesnar. That's and I think that that's what blew it for me. And I get what Curtis saying about the you know getting caught thing and everything. But the issue with that is that WWE has never established this kind of mentality about being caught, like being knocked out. You know, like UFC. It's like we see people kick out of finishers, and that once you reach a certain level or certain height, you're expected to kick out of sure. you know a finisher. Um, and you know. It, I don't know. It just like it, it doesn't really make sense. I mean, it's not like getting caught with a punch and getting knocked out. Like it's a finisher. Yeah. So, you know, um, it's happened a couple times. Like you know, Sheamus caught Daniel Bryan that one WrestleMania. I remember that Goldberg's whole recent run. Yeah. Where um, he was catching people. But I think that D- it's different D- there. DDP's entire uh, climb yeah. to the main event status yeah. was built off of being able to hit the <laughs> diamond cutter out of nowhere. That's right. Yeah. But so I feel it's, like it's a difference. In it's not every like, day, like yeah. with UFC or boxing, right? But but even then, it's like it's not really the same. It's like the idea isn't that you're getting caught. It's more of like when you think about the Sheamus and <coughs> Daniel Bryan. It's like Daniel Bryan was a heel, and they just wanted to make him look bad. Kofi Kingston is the champion. Well, Daniel Bryan and Daniel Bryan definitely got caught. Because as soon as he turned around, he caught that bro kick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm, so what I'm saying is that, that he got caught, like, but we're talking about the champion. Like, this wouldn't have happened in the Seth Rollins. Like, we just watched I thought Seth Rollins run. I, so. Daniel Bryan wasn't champion. Was he champion? He was. Yeah. He was. He, he was lost w- the title. To oh, Sheamus. really? That's okay. what we were talking about. In the opening about. match at WrestleMania. Oh, yep. Yeah. Right. Back when it was a huge, still yeah. a huge deal that they opened... WrestleMania with a that was a huge deal, and Daniel Bryan was not back then. But we just we just established that that's a common thing they're doing. I actually wasn't watching wrestling back then, so I don't know. I've just seen like the highlights of. I I could have swore I could have swore there was a belt involved. I just remember he was arguing with his wife. Yeah. Was arguing with his wife before the match and turned around and got kicked in the face and that was. But wasn't he a heel? He was. Oh, he's definitely right. a heel, yeah. yeah. But he was getting over, though, because the yes thing started yeah. to come out, and or the no, actually, it was the no that was getting over at that point in time. Yeah. Um, and so, that was still the wrong move. I'm just putting that there years later. Sheamus needs to come back, yeah. by the way. I think he's going to get drafted. But anyway, um, let's uh, let's put a let's put a bow on Hold this. on, hold on. I ain't done yet. Uh, so we're gonna, that's what's going to have you finish. Is, is, yeah. Is, uh, so the question is, and like, is Kofi going to get another shot? Because it seemed like on the next one, he just like is back with no, the and that's, day. and that's the thing is, all this talk about Kofi being caught doesn't make a difference if 
the if WWE doesn't say it, and Dang. if they don't give yeah. him exactly. the chance to redeem that. himself, as right. soon as he exactly. got beat, he rolled out of the ring, powdered out, was gone, and the whole rest of the show was about Brock and Kane. Remember Nothing, back in the day, there used to be a mandatory right. rematch. Right, they don't do that. Anymore. Even if you don't have a mandatory rematch, it's still the point that like you were the champion for like what's it been like six months? Mm-hmm. You're gonna want another shot. But now it's just like, oh, I'm just cool, just going back. Oh, I had my time. He like, right. It totally it seemed just, like it was forgotten yeah. in less than a week. Yeah. Which is, I don't know. I mean, Kofi's a company man. He's playing. He's playing yeah, the role. Back, That's back fine. To making pancakes. Back to right. And he he was uh, doing what was it the uh, Susan B. Komen or whatever, and you know doing that with the New Day, and that's what he did. Didn't talk about anything, just very briefly. Oh, he lost the title in seconds to Brock Lesnar. Oh, let's talk about Susan G. Komen, which is great. Nothing wrong with that, but mm. totally yeah. takes the title there, run and right. just shifts. There are on better. Completely. There are better. And to me, this is like but yeah, this is like some like short sighted booking, right? Because it's like you want to just capitalize off of this. Like Kane Velasquez coming. I'm sure Fox is happy, but then it's like. Is Cain Velasquez really ready to be in a main event picture nope. with Brock Lesnar? Nope. I mean, I saw a little bit of highlights from his match he had in uh, Mexico. He's okay, but is he really ready to put on, uh, you know, a big match? I don't know. I don't know about this. At it's Crown Jewel right. on October 31st, huh. it's going to happen yeah. in 105 degree heat. <laughs> and let's see who gets blown up first. Ronda Rousey never had a... Championship opportunity initially. I mean, she had to kind of run the women's division she, gauntlet. Yep. Yeah, so you're right. And and she certainly got put. Right now. Right? <laughs> Don't be. Di- it's all right. Maybe my C was uh, <laughs> right. it was overstating. Conservative, <laughs> right? C for conservative. He's like, no, it's a D. No, man, fail that Um So, and again, we keep saying we're going to go to break. We will, but let, let's just throw this out there with. Um, you know, uh, Braun Strowman and uh, damn it, Tyson his name. Thank Fury? you, Tyson. Tyson Fury. Do do we care? This is happening at Crown Jewel, by the way, as well. Tyson Fury looks way more legitimate than Cain Velasquez. Amen. He looks. I actually. I don't. I have no idea who he is. He's a boxer, right? He is a is boxer. Right? He's like. Yeah. Is he the heavyweight champion? He is uh, the no, lineal heavyweight champion. Whatever that means. Uh, okay. I think that he just so he's recently the NWA fought. champion of, of boxing. Wait, what is he? He just recently lineal fought. Lineal. So thing is? Tyson Fury was a champion, and yeah, he was like beating everybody. Like he beat um uh the what's the Russian twins the. Vlad, Vlad, Ivan Drago. Vlad and... Uh, I, don't, no, I, don't, I don't watch... I don't know that at all. Anyway, no, Tyson Fury was a great champion. He suffered from a lot of substance abuse and mental health issues, so he stepped away from boxing for a long time. He just came back and fought uh, Gervonta Davis, I okay. believe that's his name, who is like on top right now in the boxing world. Sure. But they went to a draw. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so Tyson's like kind of getting back. You know, he's yeah, no, no. Pro, uh, pro wrestling's much safer. There's not. There's no substance abuse in that at <laughs> yeah, all. Yeah. They do random drug tests. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, Tyson okay. was he was a boxing champion for a while. So what do yeah. what do you think about this? The whole thing with Braun Strowman. Does this is Braun? You know, an afterthought as we all thought of. Is this double dipping now because they're using Cain Velasquez and him at the same time? Is does this even matter? Is this a mid card well, special attraction? What is there's this? a difference because Kane is that, a yes, Kane's making yes. a complete Jump. transfer. Yes. He's a professional mm-hmm. wrestler now. He's not an MMA. That's player. what he is, and he signed a contract. But I, think I think Tyson's. Tyson's a gimmick. I think match. Ty- yeah, I think he's, Tyson plans to keep. Boxing. He's the Floyd Mayweather, like Floyd you said Mayweather. earlier. He's a Floyd Mayweather yeah, versus Big Show kind of matchup, I think. except for it's a I more mean, even matchup. Okay, because these they, yeah. both are bigger, even guys. Yeah. Okay, but, but they still let you know, even if 
the roles are reversed or whatever. They're not putting him right in the WWE Championship match, and right. like you know, they're letting. That's kind of how you should deal with celebrities. You know what I mean? Is is even with with Cain Velasquez, they could have slow. Are you built. saying David Arquette was not a good WCW Heavyweight Champion? <laughs> um. Well. Dave, I think that he he was wasn't wasn't he at every show that he was champion for? He was. He has a hundred percent attendance record for his. He loves pro wrestling. I mean, he's he still going he's out still there wrestling. doing shows. Yeah, he yeah. still he wrestles. Which he does you know, love it. In twenty nineteen, I would say David Arquette deserved the belt back then. Knowing what we do now about him and what he was willing to go through and everything like that. I yeah, oh, I mean, if had, you watch that match, do like for that time, it did not place, go easy on him. No. Yeah. Oh, they stiffed the shit out of him. <laughs> and absolutely deservedly so. But it's the same thing of putting a celebrity <coughs> in, uh, you know, in a title picture. What's the difference of taking the, the, belt, the, the belt, the title off of Kofi in 10 seconds? And totally, it is a belt, and totally with Velcro, totally forgetting about him. Yeah, if their pants don't fall down, they don't and need that belt. Now they, so, all right, came Velasco. So now he's the, got a chance for the WWE Championship. Also, let me remind you. Like, seriously. Yeah, a part of the storyline with Brock Lesnar, with Seth Rollins, was that Seth made a point of saying that Brock struggled with small guys. Right. Now all of a sudden he don't struggle with small guys. <laughs> no, he no, just no. Takes because because uh, Seth beat him. And now he saw what made him weak against the little guys. And <laughs> but not only, not only, not I love only it. did Rey Mysterio have a receipt to give to Brock Lesnar for beating up him and his son on Raw? Didn't he, Conor McGregor say say a similar thing about Brock Lesnar? He, had, he can't handle little guys. Did he? I, I think he might have. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Uh, that's something Kane. That's who he Conor should, should be. It Amen. should be Conor, not Kane. Rey Damn, Mysterio. that's a WrestleMania main event. <laughs> Rey Mysterio's got a receipt to give Brock Lesnar for back in the 2000s when oh, Brock Lesnar F5 did oh, the stretcher into yeah. the, the yeah the stretcher into right. the post where Rey just landed straight on his face oh, and Brock right. didn't Awful. give a damn about how he landed like not even a little bit he was just he just threw him into the post and said oh you you take your own bump brother like right on your face that's when Brock was good I mean, really good. I don't. I'm not sure that he understood how weight ratios in the human body work. Is really <laughs> oh, he just picked there. people up and threw them. I still doesn't. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah. I don't think he realized that the upper body's typically heavier than the lower body, so you know that's gonna fall. But whatever. Man, I love this podcast. See, we had a lot to talk about, and we still do. We're not done. Let's take a break. Uh, pause for the cause, as we used to say back in episode five, and. Um, Austin still may say that. I have no idea. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna listen to Michael Spedden for a little while now. Uh, he's gonna talk about uh, theater. He's gonna talk about movies. He's gonna talk about television, behind the scenes. Give us an update on, on uh, everything going on with him. By the way, Mike Melillo, um, who has been a guest on our podcast, had open heart surgery. He is recovering well, and he's gonna be out of the hospital soon. So he had he has he has an open heart surgery Facebook page. Um, where he's eating big meals now and he's, he's got an appetite back. So open heart surgery for this motherfucker. And pardon my language, but he's doing well. So we got Dirty Ugly Wrestling wow. Podcast. Hey, I mean, you can throw a beep over that, right? Can yeah. we? Yeah. He said the F word. I Kirk know. said yeah. it. Oh, yeah. But you get you get at least one. Deacon yeah. Storm had like Deacon 90 Storm, of them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the same yeah. show. Yeah, so. I, you, should really, you should really go back and throw the beeps in because they're so much funnier. The beeps are entertaining. Like we're so, yeah, so much, more. Yeah, we're about that. So yeah. much yeah. better yeah. Than, yeah. The, than the actual words. Yeah. Oh, man. So we're going to take a break. We'll be right back and we'll talk. Uh, we'll kind of wrap all this stuff up. But listen to Michael Spedden and enjoy this interview. And we'll be back. 
And we're back on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. My name is Dirty Mike. I'm flying solo with this one because the Big Ugly is out and about doing very important Big Ugly things. However, Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to do this and uh, welcome back for the second time on our Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, Michael Spedden. If you remember, he is a gentleman that has all kinds of interests, all kinds of hobbies, all kinds of professions. You know, he's an actor, he is a singer, he is a podcaster, and he has taken some time uh, to come back and, and see me. And uh, how you doing, Mike? I'm, I'm great. It's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure <laughs> to talk to my friend Mike Dells here. And uh, my brother in the bass section of, That's right. the, uh, of the chorus of the Chesapeake. Yeah. And um, a fellow, you know, um, actor as well. Yes, sir. Uh, into lots of different things. Jackass of all trades. <laughs> Wait a minute. Say. Hold on. Thank you for saying oh, of I'm all sorry. trades. That's me. That's me. <laughs> no, no. I think many would agree with you. Jackass of all trades. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, that's that's definitely. I've been called that before. So, uh, <laughs> that needs to be on a bumper sticker. I absolutely, think at least our absolutely. T-shirt. Um, Mike, I want to welcome you back. Uh, we had uh, a podcast with you uh, not too long ago where you introduced yourself, told us a lot about what you did. We got the, we got the Flower Players. Uh, we've got you know you've got uh, murder mystery. We've got podcasting, acting. I want to get a little update on everything that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but first of all, I want to get a little update on your health um, because you you went through something a little bit. You're still going through it, still recovering actually. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, but you're up and running. Maybe not running, but you're you're up. You're getting around. Mm-hmm. Um, you're doing well. You're you're back talking with me. I appreciate it. So tell us what's going on. What's going on with you? Well, last month I had an appendectomy mm-hmm. at the age of fifty, um, which is unusual, right? I don't know if it's unusual or not. I hear different opinions from different people. Um, I think it is more Same. unusual at this age. I'll say it's, it's usually kind of done when you're young to get a, get yeah. rid of it, but right. you, you just had some some issues where you just had to go in and get it done, right? Well, I woke up one morning, I could barely move, mm. and um, I got into the hospital. My you know, wife, my lovely wife, uh, Teresa, took me over, mm-hmm. and they did a scan on me. I can't remember if it was a CAT scan or a C-scan, or, but anyway, they were able to look inside of me, and they were like, oh, my God. Mm. Yeah. So... Um, they put me on. I was from the time I showed up at the emergency room. It was about ninety minutes, and I was on the uh, table. Yeah, and they got it out. It was not in good shape, mm. but um, and and I, it took me you know a little bit to recover and uh, you know for the wound to heal and everything. But yeah. I'm back. You know, you're I'm back. back and. Um, Back doing murder mysteries. I did my first show back the other night. Awesome. Uh, with my foul players, we were in. Um, Cumberland on the Western Maryland Scenic Railroad. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're interested in a good murder mystery group, um, a very funny group, I've got lots of good actors, um, www.foulplayersofperryville.com. We have um, our schedule on there, um, and we just got a couple of more shows I'm going to be adding. Um, the main venues that we perform in now are the um, Western Maryland Scenic Railroad in Cumberland. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Black Eyed Susan in Haberda Grace. Right. Um, we performed at Mount Felix Winery this summer. Okay. We also um, are going to be doing a show for the Cecil County Feline Rescue on October 27th. Nice. Um, or the Cecil County Feline. Um, it's on our website. It's a benefit for that group. They do. That's s- cool. They do. Um, uh, adoptions of cats, and they also take feral cats, and they 
Oh, uh, like spay them, and then they clip the ear so people know that they've been medically treated. Gotcha. And they do other things you know, for those cats. Um, there's a benefit for them on October 27th at the Van Diver Inn, and all the information is on our website. Um, and they're very, very nice people. It's a fine organization. And um, if you're a cat lover, <laughs> or not, you know, or if you just want to come out and see a good murder mystery, please come. Um, another thing that we have is a brand new room, uh, Slate Farm Brewery up in Whiteford. All right. And that's a good ways up there. They have excellent beer. Um, they're very nice people. I'm looking forward to working with them on October 28th. Okay. Um, and another thing, too, for Christmas coming up, um, I've got my foul players. I've recruited all of them, and um, we're going to be doing auditions for um, the Polar Express. All right. Okay, this is going to take place in Cumberland. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, you know, transportation may be an issue for some people, but we're looking for children, uh, kids to play chefs of uh, the ages of 16 to about 18. Um, we have we need some elves that are a little bit younger, and then we also have um, you know adult parts as well. So if anybody's interested in that, they are paid. I will not get into what they're paid, <laughs> but they are paid um, positions. You get a little bit of money for it. Okay. And um, we're going to be doing it starting on the I believe it's the twenty first of November, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays on various dates. All the way up until the 23rd of um, December. And I'm very excited about this. Sounds um, like it. That's great. There are some it, there are some um, other exciting things that I can't reveal. And that's the thing I hate right now is because there's so many things. <laughs> you really got to button your lip or else if you reveal things or if you slip and say something, there goes your chance of ever working. Exactly. You know? um, well, you're true to the craft and that's good yeah. and respectful to the profession as well. So that's yeah. why you keep... Keeping you yourself so busy. You have to be. You can't be a spoiler. You can't give things away. Um, you know, people work too damn hard to make these productions and everything to uh, give stuff away. You know, like, you know, TV shows and everything else. So plus, you know, with things like that, with entertainment, I want to be surprised. I don't want to know what's going yeah, on. So I don't want to know you know, if I if I have something, anything on the DVR here, I don't necessarily want to read the internet and know exactly what happens, whether it be a professional wrestling or a sporting event or even a television show. I want to watch it. Right, right. You know? And so, that, that's the thing, too. And, 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 and not only that, but um, sometimes when I watch movies with my wife, <laughs> if it's something that I've seen before and she has it, we're watching it, and she's like, does he die? Just watch the and movie. I, does he die? Just watch the movie. Does he die? Just you watch know, the like, movie. I said, I'm, I better tell you before I die. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's. Uh, but you, you have to uh, when it comes to you know, being in a production because I've, I've had a pretty good year um, you know, th this past year so far. Um, again, there's some things I can't reveal yet, which I'll come back and once they're finished. But I did have. Um, this it aired at the end of February. I, the Gotham episode. That's was, right. Yeah, and uh, that was a wonderful, wonderful experience. Um, it was filmed in Brooklyn mm -hmm. at Steiner Studios, which is a huge facility. I think it's the biggest soundstage on the East Coast. Wow! Um, in Brooklyn, New York. Brooklyn, New York. Wow. It's in the old Navy Yard. There used to be a big Navy base right on the water. Okay. Um, facing Manhattan. Um, it's right next to the Brooklyn Bridge and everything, and um, you can actually see it whenever you watch the 4th of July fireworks from New York. 
Oh, yes, I did see that on television this year. Um, and, you know, I, I got the part, and, um, you know, I drove up, got myself a hotel, and I found a hotel that was about a mile and a half from the studio. That's great. And my call was at 6 o'clock, you know, so I got up there at a decent hour, and I said, you know what, I'm just going to bed. Mm-hmm. Because I do not want to oversleep. Sure, I am not going to screw up my debut on national TV <laughs> by oversleeping. You know, so I uh, got up. So what it is, I went to bed, and I had the hotel room alarm clock set. I had um, a uh, alarm, or I had a uh, wake up call to the front desk, and I had two cell phones in there on the alarm. Mm-hmm. All set you know, for several times to go off just in case I rolled over or something like that. Sure. So I'm laying there in bed and I'm all excited and I'm, I would sleep and then I wake up and I'm like, oh my God, am I late? Am I late? What's going on? And then I look at the clock. I'm like, oh no, it's okay. It's okay. It's it's only an hour later from last time. Okay. It's only 11 o'clock at night. Go back to sleep. You know. So <laughs> finally I got up around four and I was like, you know what? I'm up. I'm not going back to bed. That's yeah. too risky. So I got my shower, and I went down there. And um, I tell you, that if you've ever been on a professional acting job, you know, for TV or whatever, especially if it's SAG, mm-hmm. um, I'm not SAG yet. I'll be eligible in my next SAG job that I do. Good. Um, but screen the, Actors Guild. For yeah, those Screen Actors Guild. You're yep. allowed to do a certain amount, and then there's a point where you have to join. And um, I was just blown away by this production. I got there and, um, you know, I, I get up to the dressing room area and uh, a uh, young person came over, a uh, production assistant, and they all have their iPads and they said, what would you like for breakfast? Whatever you want. And so I was like, oh, well, I don't want to pig out because I also had to get dressed. I had to get my hair and makeup done and everything. Sure. And um, so I, I just ordered like a basic thing, like, you know, just an egg and uh, some toast and some juice and coffee. And so I was just hanging out waiting for that, and I was getting ready to get dressed, and um, Andrew Sellen came by my room. Andrew Sellen played Mr. Penn yep. uh, on the show, and i got to tell you, um, just the nicest guy, very down-to-earth. Um, I've, I've seen him in a number of things, and uh, he does a lot of theater as well as TV and films and right. that sort of thing. Um, does voice work, and... Um, I made a friend, yeah, I made a friend. I was um, there, you know, he came by, knocked on my door, and introduced himself, and I knew who he was right away, I could mm-hmm. tell. And um, just very, very nice to talk to um, on and off set, like during breaks and, you know, uh, filming and everything. And, um, you know, I, and I chat with him once in a while on Facebook and email and stuff like that. And uh, just a very down-to-earth, very regular person and everything. That's great. And... Um, we, we had, you know, a couple of laughs and everything, and, um, you know, so then as I, uh, it was my time to get dressed, and I was walking by um, one of the, they had a, they had a couple of, like, hair and makeup rooms set up. Yeah. And um, I look in, and there's Robin Lord Taylor, who's <laughs> the um, Penguin. Yeah. Um, another very, very nice guy. Oh, great. Um, I didn't get a chance to talk to him right away, but he kind of looked at me, and he kind of, like, gave me, like, a, hey, how you doing, like, a nod smile, thumbs up kind of look, <laughs> and um, I was like, no kidding, so uh, this is cool. So um, I get down to the set, and I'm looking around at the set, and um, 
I knew what I was going to do. I knew what the scene was going to be. I was playing the part of Dale, who was a henchman that the Penguin picked up somewhere in Gotham City. <laughs> and um, I was big, dumb, and mute. Hey. Um, I was big. Well, actually, that's the same thing. <clears throat> I, was, I was mute and dumb as a post. That's what the line said. <laughs> and um, so what I was supposed to be was kind of like a, uh, almost like a lurch, almost like a uh, Chewbacca, but dumb. Uh, to him, you know, and so uh, we're standing out in the hallway and um, standing out in the hallway and I was standing there and they hand me this tray and one thing I was kind of surprised about was the fact that they had real food on the tray and normally it's some kind of stunt food or anything, I mean nobody yeah. was going to eat it, right? Um, but what they had on there was um, a couple of um, bunches of grapes, they had some cheese that was kind of smelly. Mm. Like, uh, I guess, some kind of high-grade, highfalutin cheese that just, you know, uh, smells. Mm -hmm. And a couple, or a uh, big tin of sardines that was open. Oh, God. Okay, so now, you know me, I'm six foot six. You are. And I was, you know, dressed in my, you know, wardrobe and everything, and I'm standing there holding this tray of just about chest high. And uh, Robin Lord Taylor is about five foot seven, five foot eight, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so he was standing next to me, and somebody called him. So he turns his head, and his nose was, like, right above the sardines. <laughs> and he looks at me and goes, oh, man! Oh, God! <laughs> so then um, I was like, uh, yeah. And so then he looked at me, and he says, you don't eat stuff like that, do you? And I said, no, I've been known to. I said, it's not every day. And I said, it's certainly not date food, but, you know. Get a tin of sardines once in a while. We both kind of laughed at that and everything. And um, so then, um, and you know, I got a chance to you know get to know him a little bit. And um, you know, we were together, um, you know, in the scene and everything. Um, and uh, you know, Corey Michael Smith was also a very very nice guy. Uh, he plays the Riddler. Um, yeah, Enigma on that show. Yeah, and, Edward um, Enigma. Yeah, another um, scene partner. Wow. So. Um, yeah, all three of them were you know, nice, and actually the thing that was kind of neat was when we were um, not shooting, you know, they kind of escorted us down to another stage, mm -hmm. and um, we were sitting in the uh, Sirens bar, we were just sitting in there hanging out <laughs> during breaks. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, so we were just sitting in there, it was like, um, it was just like being in a nightclub like, you know, during the day. Before, yeah. And, um... And, you know, craft services was amazing. Um, I mean, they would bring in uh, just deli sandwiches from all the finest delis in New York. And nice. Everything. And, you know, we got to eat good. Yeah, I got to work with some very nice people. And there was actually a couple of production assistants um, and people that were doing hair and makeup. Mm -hmm. um, I met one lady who was actually from Baltimore. She was a Western High girl. Oh. And um, I, okay. told her, I told her, you know, I introduced myself, told her I grew up in Dundalk, went to Calvert Hall. Yeah. And, you know, I got to talk to her a little bit and, you know, meet her a bit. And, um, yeah, you know, it was, it was just a great experience. So, you know, we go back in and, uh, and as we all know, that, you know, who have seen it, um, Mr. Penn shoots me. Mm-hmm. Um, he unveils Mr. Scarface, who kind of possesses him. <laughs> And, um, you know, kind of takes over his will and everything. Yeah. And um, he shoots me. He shoots me, and I was squibbed. And what a squib is is like a little explosion. <laughs> um, so I wore this jacket, and they put the squib under me, and um, 
So he points the gun at me and shoots it. And it sounded like, like just a little cap gun going yeah. off. But, of course, they can edit the audio of course. Um, with the magic of all the things they have there. And you know, he shoots me, and I fall down. And um, you know, there was a stuntman working with me on that. I, was, I fell on this big, thick, it was about a six-foot-thick uh, gymnastics mat. Huh. And uh, the stuntman showed me how to fall. They gave me the elbow pads and you know, knee pads and everything before I fall. Oh, this is a story for our professional wrestling podcast, Learning How to Fall. We're going to talk Learning about bumping, fall, but yeah. it's very similar. I, I, you know, yeah. It's a lot of stunt work, but go ahead. I'm sorry. It, just, it sounded very, very fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he had actually worked in Baltimore, too. Okay. When, um, I think he said he had worked on The Wire. The Wire. He worked I, on some Barry Levinson stuff, and yeah. he worked on some John Waters movies. Awesome. Too. Um, really nice fella, um, really nice fella, and actually the director was a fellow by the name of Ron Fink, okay. who had directed quite a few Homicide episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was just a, a wonderful experience, you know, I got to work with some great people, um, very fine people, very down-to-earth, friendly people, and um, I think the episode turned out pretty good, too. Oh, um, yeah, it did. And they did show me laying there dead. <laughs> They showed me laying there dead. And you know something that was kind of interesting was um, I learned a little bit about special effects. Now, Mm -hmm. of course, I could never go out and do it or anything. Uh But whenever um, there's a puddle of blood on the floor, um, it's not really a puddle of blood. I would hope not. It's a mat. A mat? It's an actual rubber mat that they cut out into the shape of a puddle. You know, they take a a piece of this, like a a semi-clear red plastic or mm-hmm. rubber-ish material, and they cut it the way they want it, and then they wipe it with like um, something to make it shine, and they sure. lay that next to me. So I'm laying there with this um, you know, blood mat next to me, and they had some blood on me and everything for when Penn shot me, and um, it was neat. You know, I got to see the, uh, you, you know, uh, Andrew Sellen actually, um, I, I was talking to him on Facebook, and he told me that he actually got an honorary induction into the Ventriloquism Hall of Fame. Wow. For the uh, portrayal that he did of uh, Mr. Penn with Mr. Scarface and everything. How about and, uh, that? And I said, I said, yeah, next thing you know, the NRA is going to give you a lifetime membership for shooting <laughs> me. And uh, he started laughing about that, and he says, I don't think so. So, um, so uh, yeah, so that was just a wonderful experience and everything, uh, being on Gotham. And not too long after that, I got the... Famous J.G. Wentworth commercial. Yeah, you did. J.G. Wentworth commercial. Boy, did I ever get that job. And um, I met some really nice people on that set as well. Uh, Some people that I got to talk to. um, A fellow by the name of Lothair Eaton, Mm -hmm. uh, who, as we speak, is... um, Well, he's on a... He actually announced that he was on Law & Order SVU. Okay. Um, He did not mention the part. He did not mention the plot, and I'm not going to mention that because I don't know it. Fair enough. Uh, But we, we, uh, he was somebody else that I kind of made friends with on a set. We filmed that up in um, Stamford, Connecticut. Oh. Um, And we drove around actually on a real bus for about ten hours. About ten hours that day, listening to that song the whole way through. (laughs) And um, another fellow, um, the construction worker, was a gentleman by the name of Mike Funk. Mm Mm-hmm. And he, uh, he's, he's an act, uh, he's, of course he's an actor, but he, I think, was on SVU last year. Um, was just in a movie, I think, he showed me some clips from it, a movie with Chuck Zito. You remember Chuck Zito from Oz? He was the uh, 
mafia guy, and he's kind of like a Hell's Angel, Hell's Angel biker guy. Okay, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Um, he's like into karate and all kinds of other things. And um, a girl named Cindy Lee, who was sitting next to Mike on the bus, uh, was a. Um, she was in the show with James Spader, Blacklist, I think it's called. Okay, yep. She had a great death scene. She fell off of this balcony in a mall. It was actually, she fell off of an escalator or a balcony. Nice. And crashed through a glass table, and there's all this broken glass everywhere and everything. Probably one of the best death scenes I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. Uh, her name is Cindy Lee, and she's a great actress, too. Wow. And, um, another person I met um, at, at the beginning of... You see a girl there kind of texting on her phone, and she's the first female voice. Um, a lady by the name of Brianna Cortesano. She's actually a, a, an actress and a model. And um, she's I've seen her post a number of things on Facebook about some um, places where she's had her picture and everything. Sure, like yeah. Some professional jobs she's gotten and everything. Wow. So, um, I mean, it's, it's like every professional job I've gotten so far has been a blessing. You know, you really do get to meet some nice people and work with some great folks. And um, it's very enjoyable, very enjoyable. Um, you know, I, I've been lucky so far. The um, Up in Stamford, you know, we met, uh, we got there at about 6 o'clock in the morning. And one thing that's kind of funny, and I was afraid I was going to get fired. Uh-oh. Um, not by anything that I did particularly wrong. Right. But... I'm six foot six. You are. The inside of a bus is six foot six. Okay. And those horns were about six to eight inches high. <laughs> okay. And um, so what I had to do, I we were I was standing down in the well on the bus right next to the exit door. Mm-hmm. So I'm standing down there, and um, I had to come in around Brianna and sing my part. You know, or really lip sync my part. A lot of people ask me if that was me singing, but no, it was nobody singing. Okay, all, yeah. All, it's the same uh, music I think they've used for quite a few years. Um, J.G. Wentworth, 877 Cash Now. That's yeah. the bass bringing that up is exactly. what that is. Exactly. And um, But when I came in to do my part, um, I actually had to squat down a bit mm-hmm. because they, they they also at the top of the bus at the ceiling of the bus they had lights and everything else up there sure i didn't want to bang my head on anything knock the helmet off or damage any lights <laughs> so i was I, I think my legs were not quite a 45 degree angle oh, or God. 90 degree angle oh. but they were uh, pretty deep down there i imagine I, I will have to say by the end of that shoot you could bounce a quarter off my rear end i got my <laughs> glutes and thighs and hamstrings worked out that day because I had to kind of come in and stay at that level kind of almost like shuffle in like Groucho Marx almost to go (laughs) around there and everything but um yeah they said they got the footage they wanted out of me and it was um it was a really great experience um uh, you know I I got to meet it was Crab Meadow Films that filmed it Mm -hmm. um, and I think they're based in um I, I it's the I think it's um New York or the New England area, um, you know, great people to work with and everything. They took good care of us on the set. That's cool. And, um, yeah, absolutely no regrets. I mean, they were just you know fine, fine people to work with. You know, been very lucky. So you've done television, you've done commercial. Uh, you know, now the next step is to get that movie role. Yes, um, yes. which you're going to do. I tell you, uh, I and to kind of wrap this up, I'm just so proud of you. So happy for well, you. you. So Appreciate so. That, uh, Mike. 
glad to know uh, somebody in that world and to be able to tell these stories. I was actually at the Showboat Hotel not too long ago in Atlantic City, mm-hmm. which is now a hotel, not a casino anymore, just a yeah. hotel. And uh, coincidentally, they're filming a filming a movie mm-hmm. called Zombie Apocalypse or something like that. Oh, yeah? I'm not sure if it's a, a B-movie or a, a whatever the case may be, but mm-hmm. the movie set was the was the the actual hotel. Oh, wow. And, you know, to get from one side of the hotel to where the boardwalk is, that's where the casino used to be. Mm-hmm. So the casino is locked off with all the actors and doing all their things, and there's there's movie sets and trailers and all kinds of stuff around. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, just by accident, as we're walking through there, you know, they're, they're setting up a scene and shooting a scene and shooting a rehearsal, and they got us walking through, and there's people everywhere and zombies and it's just amazing oh yeah talking about how they take care of a movie set and how they take care of the people Mm -hmm. i mean i'm sure your experiences sound a lot different than what these guys these guys are probably working for you know a little bit less of a uh, money it's not gotham it's not a major Mm -hmm. nationwide commercial zombie apocalypse if we ever see it in 2020 that's where it was the showboat (laughs) hotel yeah um but it's it's fun. I've gotten to do some extra work, you know, on a couple of different movies as they've come through Maryland oh, and cool. you know, Major League Two, the replacements, you know, some other stuff that they've done. Mm-hmm. A little bit of extra work, but I gotta tell you, it is so cool to hear the experience and how they take care of people. They really do. They um, really do. You know, in, in the world of professional wrestling, there's some uh, independent wrestling promoters that take good care of you, but uh, if you get a hot dog and a handshake, that's the motto. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's good. Right. Uh, right you know, right. traveling all that time but i'm so glad and keep doing it and keep us posted when you come back on the podcast in 2020 want to hear about what you can't talk about now right right, and there's going to be other stuff that you can't talk about because you're going to be doing more yeah yeah and real quick before we go i I know we mentioned uh you know the foul players and everything tell people where they can find you with the podcast with the murder mystery Mm -hmm. and also uh, you know, plug Dundalk.org one more time because you do that so well and eloquently on your podcast. Go ahead and do it on mine. Okay, well, www.dundalk.org for the chorus of the Chesapeake if you're interested in coming out and singing on a Tuesday night. Yeah, we do competitions. We do fun shows. Yeah, we have bull roasts. We have a bull roast coming up on November 3rd if you'd like to go. Please. Um, www.dundalk.org. And um, there will be a contact phone number on there for somebody you can get a ticket through. That's uh, right. Or contact the podcast. Mike Dells can take care of you here. <laughs> That's right, I can. You can take care of you here. You so. can contact the Big Ugly about He won't know anything about this barbershopping kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But... He will get it to me. Right, so uh, right. the big ugly, we, we got this thing. So, yep. yeah, come sing with us. And even if you, you know you know how to sing, you don't know how to sing, if you want to just hang out with the boys mm-hmm. and girls now. Yeah. Um, so it's a complete fellowship and complete brothership and sisterhood. It's, it's everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we've been around for so long. We've got a great director, Kevin King. And oh, yeah. everything comes from him and his dad, myself and my dad, you and your grandfather. Oh, yeah. Um, lots of roots, lots of history. So that's Dundalk.org. And uh, what else? Uh, you did mention... Uh, FoulPlayersOfPerryville.com. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're interested in looking at our schedule, um, we did add one show uh, November 9th to the Western Maryland Scenic Railroad for Murder Mystery. Um, soon I will be having our uh, dates up there for um, the uh, Polar Express yeah. that we're going to be doing. Um 
and um, if you're interested in auditioning for that, um, you can reach me at michaelspedden at yahoo.com, and um, we're looking for chefs, we're looking for um, child actors to play uh, Hero Boy, the Hero Girl, um, and also Billy, um, the kid from the other side of the tracks, yeah. and... Um, we're also, um, you know, there's uh, conductors, there's Santas, there's chefs, there are elves, um, all kinds of parts. So um, feel free to reach out to me, michaelspedden at yahoo.com. Um, let me see. Um, we have the, um, like I said, you know, we're going to be, uh, all, all the dates we have for foul players are on our website. So yep. go, feel free to check that out and everything. And, um and make sure you look up, uh, look at the foul players of uh, uh, foul players radio. Yeah, foul players radio is found on Facebook. Uh, there is a a page for it on foulplayersofperryville.com as well. Um, there is a page for it on there uh, where you can listen to the podcast. You can click on it and listen to it there. Um, so you can check out foul players radio on that website. You can check it out on Facebook. Um, Check out the Michael Spedden actor page All on right. Facebook. You can check me out there. You can see lots of pictures, blasts from the past, <laughs> um, commentary on my work from people, uh, lots of great things there. And um, so, yeah, that, that's about it. That's, that's about it. That's quite a lot. There's I mean, a lot of plugs. That's right. And you're keeping yourself busy and keeping yourself healthy and, and getting back there. And and I appreciate you, Mike. Thank you so much for joining us back on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling podcast we'll see you in 2020 absolutely um, i'll be seeing you too yeah and uh I'm, i i'm looking forward to uh being a guest on your podcast again we got this new top 10 list thing happening so uh you know david letterman watch out because uh the top 10 is uh is coming your way you're right so uh thank you michael and we will be back with more of the dirty ugly wrestling podcast right after this brief musical interlude and you probably know the song because it's the same song we play every single time it's a great song jake hager and that's what and it's funny too because nobody around us like recognized him for sure because hmm. yeah. we like everybody was like i think that's jack swagger like, was that Jack Swagger? I think it, yeah. He did like that's one, what he looks like, right? He did like one MMA fight, and now he's like back. He wow. had a, actually, he was like 8 0 in Bellator, I think. Oh, shoot, he did more than one fight? Yeah. Man, hey, that's dope. He actually yeah. was like legit. He, he didn't just like. They did mention that on there, too. Like, he's uh, un, unbeaten or widely or Yo, very. Yo, I literally only thought he fought that once. I just remember they talking about it, and I never heard about him again. I was like, he only fought once. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it was. Yeah, it was, I think so. I mean, I might be pulling that number out of my ass, but... I think, <laughs> Sorry, I just pulled one out. So. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So, All right, so we got about, what, 10 or 15 minutes? Yeah. Okay. We'll try to keep it to that. All right. <laughs> I'll watch the clock. Watch the clock. We're already recording. Give us a Royal Rumble countdown. What? We're recording. Oh, so, okay, this is extra. Yeah. We're back! On a... Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't know how much of that we're going to keep in, but that's all right. We should have been recording a whole break because we were still talking about all kinds of stuff. Uh, the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Once again, my name is Dirty Mike. I'm a big ugly. And we are here with Mr. Corey Berger, B-E-R-G-E-R. And hello, Corey. Uh, on this Google machine or whatever you're doing right now. That's all right. We appreciate you. And Kurt, 
Kurt, Hello. How you, you having a good time tonight, Kurt? I am. This is cool. This is cool. All right, so before we go off on every tangent ever, because that's what we're going to do, uh, we're going to tighten this all up. Um, Michael Spedden, great interview, by the way. Uh, you know, check him out. Riveting. Riveting is what it is, uh, Corey Berger. Thank you. Yeah, it's um, super interesting. Find him. does a lot of good stuff. Murder mystery, all kinds of good stuff. Anyway, um, so Kurt, where can we find you? Um, currently in the uh, Pearl Jam tribute band Go, right? Yeah. And uh, are you in, uh, involved in any other bands right now? Um, so we haven't played a show since earlier this year. Okay. But, and it's kind of some of the same members. It's the, well, I guess it's just the singer of Go. Um, we're also in another cover band okay. called Hey Girl Hey. Hey Girl Hey. Yeah, where we've covered, uh, we've covered Newfound Glory. We covered Panic at the Disco. Oh, no. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so we we build the first Pearl Jam as Hey Girl Hey, and then we kind of shifted it up as the lineup changed and okay. everything like that. Um, so we may play a show. Our guitarist currently lives in Florida, but he, oh. he did fly up for our, the last show that we played. So, you know, there might still be something going on there. Do you listen to The Neighborhood? Um, you know them? Sweater Weather? Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, yeah. It's good. good. Very good. There you go. Promoting good music here. Yeah. So how can we find you, Kurt? Where can we find you? Social media, email? I have a Facebook. Facebook. I have an email. Okay. I have a mailbox. Uh, you know, if Like a regular were, mailbox? Just a regular mailbox, if you'd be so inclined. Um, you can put out your address on there. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, you get stalked by the groupies. I did, but that's... So, uh, you. yeah, Kurt Spies on Facebook. Uh, that's pretty much all the social media I currently have. S-P-I-E-S-S. That's it. There you go. Um, but then I'm also going to be, you know, having a couple of social media accounts for my wrestling character, mm-hmm. Thundercat Thurgood. Thundercat Thurgood. That's right. That's the, uh, he's the king of the dive bar jungle. Um, I love the, it. Yeah, dive bar jungle. The, di- the jungle that is dive bars. Um so, you know, he's kind of got some, like, boy named Sue aspects. The backstory is that his father was a drunk and oh. named him after his favorite cartoon, the Thundercats. And then there's also, and kind of what let me, like, okay that is my thing was there's also a, a singer, musician, bass player named Thundercat. Oh. Um, you know, and he's got, like, 104 million plays on Spotify, so Are I felt like that was enough. saying there's something wrong with... The Thundercats cartoon? No, absolutely not. But you know, there's <laughs> there's at least some other source for you know pulling from the Thundercats. I was, just, I was about to start stretching. No, because that's fight. The, that's <laughs> the, no, that's the part of well, love the know, Thundercats. Yeah, and, and Thundercats dad loved Thundercats so much he named him Thundercat. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as a as a young cat, he as a kitten, he hung around the dive bars a lot. <laughs> I love and, it. Uh, as a thunder kitten. Yeah, as a thunder kitten, he hung around the dive bars a lot. And, you know, and if you've been in kind of rural ar- areas, you'll see that people bring their kids to the bar and stuff and all that good stuff. And then, it, you know, it depends on if I'm a face or heel as to where that character kind of goes. Heel is more of like a redneck, you know, talks about playing Kino and, you know, the paydays and the laydays. Um, <laughs> to where it. the face is more of like a roadhouse, drifter, you know, always seems to run into trouble or trouble always finds him he can't really figure it out but he always leaves each place a little bit better than when he got there um you know king of the dive bar jungle there you go and you uh you've done some work in primal conflict primal conflict wrestling pcw in west virginia 
you are uh, currently in the training facility at the MCW Pro Wrestling Training Center, correct? Yeah. Uh, a great, a great school to go go to, and you've also done some video work uh, along with uh, Brian S. Gamble, you know, one of our uh, one of our friends here. Yeah. And uh, any other wrestling organizations you're uh, involved in right now? Um, I'm currently in the like the phase of getting booked at places, okay. uh, you know, traveling to shows with other wrestlers and stuff like that. Sure. Uh, haven't gotten booked on anything quite yet, but the future's looking bright for Thundercat. There you go, Thundercat's hoe, right? Oh, Thundercat, not just no. Me. See, that's he needs to get himself a valet, and okay. she can be. I'm Thund- sorry, that's <laughs> <laughs> she can be that's the hoe part of it. For... Hey, you know, this is dirty and it's ugly. But uh, speaking of dirty and ugly, yeah, Jericho. Um, yeah, thank you for mentioning this. Yeah, we're just talking about Jericho watching his AEW, and we're talking about how my man is looking a bit unfit. Right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's all like, you can eat wrestling, right. AEW. That's what it's all about. <laughs> well, what, what nobody's talking about is how he's just working the gimmick I worked in eighth grade, what? like twenty years ago. Hey, <laughs> it's working. Like uh, spikes and bad bad eyeliner right is that is he supposed to, is that his is he like a rock star is that kind of he's like playing into that he is, that? is so i've listened to a good amount of chris jericho's podcast so podcast. so here so here's the two explanations to those okay those things you brought up he oh, he talked about him he talked out of shape yeah absolutely okay um he <laughs> said that when he got to japan he took a look at guys like bruiser brody mm-hmm. and other big guys from the u.s and he didn't think that, you know, going there, having abs would really, you know, he wouldn't look that imposing. So he just he just started bulking up. Uh, you know, he's a little bit older, so the muscles aren't going to develop like it would, you know, if it was 2001 Chris Jericho. But he mm. just wanted to be large and imposing. Mm. And if that meant that he looked out of shape, that he looked like a drunk, then so be it. And then um, his look is kind of, he, he described his gimmick now as kind of a, Post Guns N' Roses, Axl Rose. Hmm. Like the douchiest version of Axl Rose, basically, <laughs> is what he was kind of going for. Oh, he's, you know, he's like working. The, you know, like the guy that... I get to work a lot more now. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it, makes, it makes a lot of it's, sense. It's, it's it, a he's rock really just like trying to justify eating all the Krispy Kreme. Yeah, the only part that I don't find believable is the part where there was a point in Axl Rose's life where he actually believed that Guns N' Roses was over. Because <laughs> right. that man is just... Anyway. Yeah. That's a whole other Did podcast. Chinese democracy ever come out? It did, <laughs> right? Wait, Guns N' Roses was over, right? Well, depends on who you ask. I think in the late... But I Slash left, and that was pretty much it for yeah. for the majority of fans. I think they had a high spot, or a high point. <laughs> Sorry. Pro wrestling uh, in the '80s, yeah. Uh, as it, as time went on, just didn't do very much just of anything. Didn't do much. Um, yeah, okay. I knew I knew that uh, uh, Robin uh, Fick from the tours with Nine Inch Nails was mm-hmm. he replaced Slash for a little bit. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. So where did Slash go when he left? Did, did he, he go to his own thing or did yeah? He was, what was it? Slash's Snake Pit or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. gotcha. He was also in uh, Velvet Revolver for a minute with oh. Scott Weiland from oh, Stone oh, okay. Temple Pilots. All right. Yeah. yeah, but that was when... But wasn't that like all of Guns N' Roses except Axel? Um, I know... Well, not the drummer, because he was in like rehab at the time. Awesome. But it was, I think, the guitarists, like the whole guitar section from Guns N' Roses. 
Gotcha. See, my introduction to Slash was Michael Jackson when he brought him on stage. Okay. So he played yeah. uh, BD. Y'all remember that? Yeah. He did no, that I solo. I remember that, I remember actually. That. Yeah, he did it. I think it was like a few times, like Slash played it for him like twice. I don't know yeah. why you wouldn't. I, mean, I was a big yeah. Michael Jackson fan. Yeah. Still am. Um, so, yeah, the Jericho, you mentioned this one off air, Big Ugly. So he's the face of the company. He's the face of the company, and he's the champion, right. and he's completely out of shape. Right. Even though justifiable or not, but yeah, he's. Wait, I mean, if he puts the belt over it, the belt is big enough to where it covers mm-hmm. that whole love handle. Apparently, if he puts the belt over it, he forgets to take the belt with him when he leaves the hotel bar. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what and kind of gimmick this is, yeah. but he likes to lose that Was championship that legit, title. Though? And if you're really lifting, you're gonna the muscles are gonna show like that. I mean, I don't know. That's well, his chest is gone. It's, he's got the Kofi Kingston thing. I mean, that's not that doesn't come back. That's not gonna come back. Yeah, right. You're right. But I mean, his arms, his stomach should. Wait, but yeah. although Jericho gets around, very it's well, it's like a wrestling thing. Like Undertaker has dealt with it too. It's like something happens to the pectoral muscles where they start to like spread expand. apart, expand, yeah. and they can no longer like build it. Like if you look at old Kofi, like back in two thousand eight, huh. like he has a pretty n- natural, well developed chest. Yeah, now it's like completely flat and spread. Right, Jericho suffers from it. Scott Steiner, Undertaker, even Stephanie McMahon. Oh, is that like just, yeah, it's just like, a wrestling thing? It's or? a well, it's a trauma based thing. Uh, I believe. I, I think it's. I, would, I think it would make sense that it. Yeah. I think yeah. it's. I think it's just chest trauma over the course, and so sure. the, and the pec muscles don't really recover like your other muscles do, so they just kind of peace out after a while. Try to over. <laughs> try to over. Yeah. Try to do their own thing, man. Yeah. But uh, you know, he's still doing a great job in AEW. Um, still killing it on the mic and in the ring. So good for him. There is a Wednesday night war now, uh, apparently, which AEW has won two out of two. So. AEW versus NXT on the Wednesday night. I feel like, I mean, that is true. And I think that obviously the numbers reflect that. I just think that also you have to give, you know, credit to AEW is new. You know what I'm saying? It is the new shiny toy. Right. Everybody wants to see what's going on. Where is it going to go? NXT's been around for, you know, a long time now. Sure. Everybody knows what to expect. But I feel like if AEW does not continue to perform at a high level it does not keep people interested that you're going to see those numbers shift right back towards NXT because it's to me it's just like the whole Nitro thing at the time you know? sure I get it. yeah I definitely think that AEW is on the right track though just from these two episodes I mean there have been some some little things that I think are pretty valid to critique but one thing that they're killing it with two episodes in is they're building guys that don't really have a name, but they have something in the ring that you know makes them stand out. Uh, yep. Sammy Guevara, Guevara yep. yeah, Guevara, um, and then now he's part of that new uh, that that faction, Jericho faction, isn't he? Yeah, the inner circle. The inner circle. What a great name. The inner circle, and then um, and Darby Allen too. He's got Darby. a title shot next week with Chris Jericho. You know, that's these are guys that would never really get an opportunity in WWE, right. and it's kind of similar to. The talent pool that WCW had, but instead of pulling the trigger on guys like Chris Jericho, Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, they decided to keep him in mid card hell. Yeah, and AEW is given you know they're just saying like anybody can have a shot. You know you got to prove yourself. The wins and losses matter. We'll see how they handle that. Come you know twenty matches in and all <laughs> that. Like are we really gonna have somebody be you know? 69 and 32 or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And Booker T talked about that because, you know, he has his own wrestling promotion. He said yep. that they tried to do that uh, when they started, but he was like, he said AEW would quickly realize that it's just not 
feasible for wrestling. Um, you know, guys start getting injured, and you got to kind of throw some of that stuff out the window. So it's one thing, yeah. I mean, but I think they're doing a good job of establishing, you know, people who again have never possibly never watched professional wrestling, but definitely have never seen AEW. There's an audience, you know. There's a there's an audience that has watched the pay per views, that has followed the social media, but they are catering to the other audiences as well. So I think they're doing a good job of setting themselves up and explaining instead of just throwing it all out there for you to take it all in and be like, okay, what the hell. So I think they're doing a good job of that. So can they keep up the momentum? We'll see. Over time, we'll check it out. Um, Impact Wrestling is still around. It's going to be on the AXS really? channel. Yep. AXS, I'm, I'm not sure what cable promotion they, you get on. Billy Corgan still on that? No, I'm, I'm not, not sure. So. I don't no, I think, no, I think uh, he dipped off on that. Didn't he start his own? He's probably tired of losing money. <laughs> Didn't he get involved with some other promotion? I think he did. NWA, right? Yeah, I think he's involved with That's where I was going to go. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yep, I was going to go there in just a minute. Impact Wrestling is still around. And I think... I think Eli Drake. Eli Drake is in there. So on YouTube now, the NWA Power Hour. Holy shit. I just watched the first one. It's um, it's a throwback even further back in professional wrestling. Back like real in, YouTube or pay subscribe YouTube? Real YouTube. Not YouTube Red or pay subscribe, whatever it is. So it's an hour-long show. It's in a soundstage with about 100 people in the audience with a ring uh, an interview desk. <laughs> that is so NWA. It's it is. It's really the original awesome. NWA show with the blue apron with the bl- yellow letters <laughs> and the sound that is. Man, it's just so so old school and it's really cool. It's got over a million views already. It's hadn't been out a week. Have you seen this, Kurt? I have started to watch it, um, but I took a look just to see like kind of the aesthetic and everything that they were going for. I love the intro, how it looks straight out of the eighties, like, right. like a crisp version of you know what would have been cool in the eighties. Yep. Um, and is, is it for us, Kurt? Like the guys that just grew up on the Attitude Era? Uh, not yet. So <laughs> I think so. I think that it's absolutely for everybody because I think that. Um, I think Nick Aldis is just a great champion. Magnus, you know, yeah, from yeah. you know seeing him, you know, live at MCW mm-hmm. uh, two times now. Just the way he carries himself and everything like that, it creates a lot of importance to that. Um, I think that anybody that wants to come out and do something in the wrestling business, as long as it's new, as long as it's fresh, as long as it's a new take and a new flavor for somebody, um, it's a good thing. Yeah. Um, and so you know, I think it. Even though it is a bit of a throwback, it doesn't seem like that's all they have going for them. It seems like they have enough good stories and everything like that. From what I've read, I haven't gotten a chance to watch the full episode. Yeah. Um, but I'm definitely looking forward to watching the rest of it based you on what should. I've seen. Yeah, and I think in time it's going to be Attitude Era-ish for you know folks like you know you who grew up on the Attitude Era. Yeah. Um, again, once they establish themselves a little more... But uh, it's real throwback. So is the plan cool. is the plan to keep this on YouTube? Are they trying to get a TV deal? Like, do you know? I think they're starting off kind of like AEW did. They're starting off running on internet, social media, and see what happens. See if it gets a following. But I don't think that they can take this and shop this around to bigger arenas because it's going to lose the the feel of the studio setting. Yeah. I don't know where they can do that. But they got to do this from a TV studio. If they can put it on television, fantastic. You know. Yeah, the intimate setting was kind of cool to it is see. Very um, different. It, you know, I think that when when companies nail that, like Lucha Underground, yeah, kind of had the same thing. Right, you, you can put that on TV without having to sell out an arena. Right. Um, so I think it 
could eventually get to TV. I don't think that it's going to be one of those things to where they feel the need to sign exclusive deals. Like I think they're going to use a lot of Ring of Honor guys sure. and um, a couple other you know big indie guys that are just not currently signed. Um, yep. So I don't I don't think they're trying to get into that game necessarily. I think they're just trying to put out their own new products while you know being able to keep because now how many titles do they have? They've got the U.S. title. Um, they've got the women's championship. They've got the tag team championships. Yep. It's the Rockers, right? For the tag team championships. Oh my God, the Rock and Roll Express. Yeah, the Rock oh and Roll Express, not the Rockers. Yeah, right, the Rock and Roll Sorry. Express. Sorry. Yeah, that's 108 years of experience in that ring right there. Yeah. Holy crap. Oh, yeah. it's the actual Rock and Roll Express. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the two, yeah, the Rock and Roll Ricky Express. Martin and Robert Gibson and they're, from the 1980s. Wow. They're doing just fine. I mean, you know, that's. They're obviously yeah, no, not I've what seen, they I've were, seen but them work. They're not like yeah. They're, I mean, for for as old as they are, they're holding their own in the ring, and they're they're ring generals for sure. They know what they're doing. They're just really old and really out of shape. But that's okay. They don't need to. That's fine. They were around when the original NWA was around. Compared to Undertaker, they're good. Uh, or they're about the same. I think they're a little better. Oh, I think than, they're a little better than current era Undertaker. But I think too, they're in a position where they need to be better if that makes sense Undertaker can go out and do whatever yeah and yeah. The, his paycheck's gonna still be the same he's still gonna be like yep. pretty. I mean he's pretty much the highest paid guy per appearance right I think I mean maybe Shawn Michaels got a little bit more than him for coming back but everything like that but like Brock might be up there now but per appearance I think Undertaker's probably gotta be um yeah, I th- well, yeah. For, to be fair, Undertaker does show up more than Brock Lesnar, but, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, I think you might be right. So I, I think th- Brock is the highest paid guy, period, right? But, but, he does, Cena? but he does a few different, like, yeah. Brock is on at least four or five pay-per-views a year, Yeah. plus he's only on TV once every five and episodes they, or whatever, but still... They do have him hold the title, though, as well, so... But The Undertaker makes what... Five appearances tops? Maybe. Uh, yeah. Some years. It, some, some years, years is right. not even that much. Yeah, if yeah. he doesn't have a segment, if he's just doing yeah. WrestleMania Crown Jewel, then... It's like two. Whatever. Right. Right. Maybe three. For like so, all parents. So much to watch. Uh, wrestling every night of the week. Um, you know, NWA Power Hours on YouTube, AEW Dynamite, NXT, Impact, um, you know, Friday Night SmackDown, Monday Night Raw, uh, Yo. Network Specials. Okay. Oh, real quick. Shout out to... Uh, 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 what's the what's the host of NXT? The host of NXT. Oh, uh, Mauro Ranallo. Mauro Ranallo. Yeah. You know what? I like Mauro Ranallo. Mm-hmm. And shout out to him because you know Leo Rush had the had the first match for the Cruiserweight Championship, and I don't know if you guys know, but Leo NXT Rush Cruiserweight Championship, formerly the Two Hundred Five yeah. Live, and uh, shout out to it's Sammy dead, Jason right? again. Two Hundred Five Live is dead it's now. It's still on. Oh, it's still on. What oh, the shoot. hell? Right. I don't know why it's still it was... on, but it's still on. Because okay. when you own your own network, the ratings don't matter. I get I it, so. but don't. Just put it all on NXT, yeah. but go ahead. So I was just going to say, Leo Rush is like really big into music. I think he like sings or, or he raps or whatever. Yeah, and he's so, a rapper. Yeah. And so Mauro Ronaldo actually made, you know, said a quote from like Meek Mill's, the famous Meek Mill song, like during during the matchup, sure which was did. pretty much like, you know, an homage to like Leo Rush's musical background, which I thought was dope. Because it's like Mauro Ronaldo don't strike me as somebody that's listening to Meek Mill. So it's like he had to research that. Or something, so I'm like, yo, you know what? This guy, I like him. He's important, even though they took away the suicida because it's now just a toe pain. 
he took away Suicida because it's on USA Network, but that's okay. Uh, I love Mario. Always have. He's really into it. He's yeah, he's as into announcing as you are playing the drums, Kurt. That's how that's how that's how much heated he gets into that. Hmm? What? I don't. I think that's a move, right? What? Yeah, yeah. Tope yeah. Suicida is like a suicide dive. Well, why did they take away the? They took away the. They don't call it suicide dive on Raw or SmackDown either. Nope. They took away the word suicide, or the. Spanish version of it, Suicida. They took that away. Just because it's on the USA Network. Uh-huh. He did say it on NXT on the network all the time. He still will. Because it's the Tope Suicida. Yeah. But they took away Suicide. Huh. Anyway. Okay, then. So, that's just USA thing. But uh, it's so much wrestling out there to watch. And there's so much coming up. Crown Jewel's coming up. Um, AEW Full Gear is coming up. Crown Jewel. Come on, it's on Halloween in the middle of the day. How can you not watch it? I will definitely be skipping that Yo, one. Yo, so, all right, real quick, real quick, man, we got to get out of here, but I just got to know real quick. So now with NXT being this only thing, does this mean that guys aren't getting, like, caught up anymore? Like, or are they going to try and infuse this in the brand? Like, are you just stuck on NXT now? I think people can still get caught up, but now people are going back the other way. Like, as we're seeing, Finn Balor and right. all this, that's what they're going to have They should have let NXT draft some people. I agree. They got Tyler Breeze and uh, Fandango, yeah. right? Like, cause they they've been trying to put over this draft thing for like decades now, yep. and it's Which such, is, it's such garbage. It is garbage. Uh, but that I think that would have helped put some credibility to it or something. Tommaso Champ is back. Yep. Uh, there's a whole network special about him now, so there's a lot of stuff going on in the network. So. Uh, it's it's good it's good in ring stuff with the NXT stuff. Oh, by I'm the not, way, I'm not really a huge fan of the uh, what's that era? The under undisputed. Yeah, that'll do it for me. Like Adam Cole is cool, but the other guys, I just felt like they're just like. Eh. Watch Roddy Strong and Velveteen Dream. There's a match. That, yeah, I mean that was good, but she, I mean you know I'm pulling for my man the Dream. I know you are, <laughs> and we're pulling for the Dream too because that's MCW right there. Yeah, so absolutely. so is uh, Kennedy Brink, uh, the referee as well. Sure. As well as Leo Rush, if we didn't mention that already. Leo Rush. Um, yeah, Adam Cole. Adam Cole, baby. A, he was always a real cool guy. So, lots of people coming through the indie stuff and going up and doing that stuff. That's really cool. Um, uh, you know, uh, Beck, Beck, Beck was out there with uh, um, doing the refereeing, too, I think, for a little while for NXT. Yeah, she still is. Yeah, she's oh, she's still, doing it, too? Yeah, she's still doing NXT house shows. Good for her. Um, yeah, because... Tahuti from M- from MCW, he just had his first house show match for NXT. Yeah, and I believe and I, else. Yeah, and, wow. I, and I believe that Becky ref that. That's cool. As well. yeah. That's cool. And I, I I'm I'm cl- I'm glad that uh, that uh, Leo was refereed by um, Kennedy Brink. I, I I think that was pretty cool too. How yeah. she was the one that raised a hand. Definitely. So, uh, Future of Honor, Ring of Honor, still out there too. Check all that stuff out. So much. To watch so much for us to talk about in November, big ugly. When we come back for episode seventy-four, yeah. Okay, um, Corey Berger, thank you for stopping by as always. Oh, thanks for having me here. Thanks for bringing burger cookies. B e r g e r. Find them anywhere. If you don't have them, ask for them anywhere, and you'll sit. You'll, you'll ship anywhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah, anywhere. You got an address, and Kurt, you'll put your address out there. He'll ship to you. I don't know. You <laughs> said people could mail you, but um. Corey, any uh, final words for the podcast here today? And anything that we've talked about that you'd like to touch upon one more time, or anything else? Man, I don't—you know—I never got nothing. Shake it off. You—you you always have an opinion, and we appreciate you. That's what we love. I know. I never have any any closing statement. Okay. So I don't. But Kurt, you—you've definitely put yourself out there on this podcast. You have a good time. 
I did. I had a great time. Uh, thank you for inviting me to your lavish mansion. Lavish mansion. Uh, you know, it's it's quite nice. Just the <laughs> the surrounding atmosphere. I feel yeah. like a big shot being here. Um, but yeah, just if you're out there listening, just keep watching wrestling. If it's if you don't like WWE or you don't like something else, there's a hundred other options at this point. Between YouTube, everybody's got their own streaming services. Um, New Japan, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's so much out there to watch, and I think it's the greatest time to be a wrestling fan. So go enjoy it while you can. Amen. CM Punk said something very similar to that when he was getting interviewed at that last Starcast. So he just said, you know, if you're a fan of pro wrestling, it doesn't matter what you go out and watch. Just go out and watch it. So I agree. Big Ugly, you still a fan? I am still a fan. I okay. will still say the best time to be a fan was during the Attitude Era. Right. But it's a good time. I guess. You know what? <laughs> I love it. Maybe I'm not. I maybe I'm like a, I'm like a Fairweather fan. Those are the people that just like jump from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'm just in it for. I just love the storylines and the entertainment portion. Okay. And you know, so that's what that's what keeps me. Good matches are cool, but sometimes I can zone out on matches. Sure. Well, so uh, you know that, yeah. and there's something in pro wrestling for everybody. Exactly. There's something for every segment in the audience. <laughs> exactly. Because we're not right. We're not wrong. We're just, just fans. fans. That's yeah. it. Um, <laughs> That's what it says no, on the card. Uh, yeah. I don't have anything else other than that. Um, I want to shout out to Nala by the way. Yeah. To, shout yeah. out to Nala Rose, who killed it in the match with Rio in the first AEW. Um, and she's local as well. So. Yeah, I wanted to see her win. but I think we know. all kind of thought she was going to win, although Rio just, she put on, they both put on a fantastic match. I think that was the match yeah. of the night from the first AEW. I was really That's looking really. forward to her. To uh, now just you know throwing her across the arena. <laughs> <laughs> she kind of did afterwards, and she almost little, dropped that one dude on his thing. neck. Yeah, uh, the the Japanese dude. Oh my god, almost dropped him. Oh, uh, Michael Nagazaki. Nagazaki. I don't know yeah, what his name is. I think that's what it was. But she let Nyla literally picked him up for a power bomb and almost dropped him on his neck. Almost. But then, Almost him gave him the uh, hardcore Holly, uh-huh. the Brock Lesnar hardcore oh, Holly. God, yeah, uh, but that he didn't pull. He didn't pull that move up. He actually power bombed them on his freaking. Yeah, neck. he just dropped them. <laughs> Nala had enough sense to pick her back up. Um, and, and I gotta throw that this is a shout out. To what we're watching in the background here, Private Party and the Young Bucks, which was the first match on AEW Week Two. Holy crap, that was amazing. These street profit ripoffs, but well, you know, like who ripped off who is what the question yeah, is. Right, who was right, right. first? <laughs> Street Profits did get called up, by the way, because they got drafted to... Uh, oh, they got drafted? Yep, they oh, got man. drafted. Mm-hmm. They might actually do something than just cut backstage promos. Even though I do like the backstage promos that they cut, they need to actually get in the ring. Yeah, so, definitely. Um, shout out also, to Pro Wrestling, but go ahead. Uh, I think Disney Plus comes out next month. For November everybody. 12th. Yeah, wow. Everybody the looking 12th. to upgrade their streaming services there. <coughs> so where, are we go- where can we get that? Disney. Anywhere, just to just go to Disney. Yeah, and then okay. just, I guess they'll probably have an app like Netflix and. Okay. I mean, yeah. their li- their lineup is like crazy, man. Like it's like I have. Do they have all of? The, is it? Ju- do they have any original programming coming, or is it yeah. just? Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Tons oh, of yeah. yeah. Good. I think like when it comes out, they're going to be starting off with like the Mandalorian. It's like one of the. There's a bunch big of ones. original Star Wars. For Star Wars. Stuff. A bunch of original yeah. Marvel. The Mandalorian. Uh, yeah. Okay. There's a, a damn. A high, I believe a high school musical uh, spinoff series. Wow. Right. They have a bunch uh, of Marvel stuff en- called Encore. Okay. So wow. Yeah. Yeah. The Vision. November twelfth. Wanda. Yeah. Vision and Wanda. The um, Falcon oh, cool. and the Winter Soldier show. Oh. Loki's going to have his own show. 
and it's going to be like all the original like you know Marvel cast members. So sweet. Yeah. Oh, can I touch on? I, I just saw plus, your shirt. Plus, all kinds of something. Disney oh, programming. That shirt kicks yeah. ass. <laughs> um. Let, let's. This is how oh, we're gonna National Geographic. I'm sorry. Oh shit! Sure. No, you're fine. National Geographic's yeah. on there. Gonna be on there too. Oh wow. Yo, I'm about to cancel Netflix, bro. <laughs> Dang. Disney got me. <laughs> I'll keep my Netflix for now, but I'll probably get the Disney one too. Plus the, the ESPN for the the US. Right, yeah, because they you're right. They own. Yeah. <laughs> There's no reason for Netflix. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> Disney owns the world. They they pretty much they they own a lot. I tell you what, Mickey Mouse is working on a hell of an Infinity Gauntlet. <laughs> for real. <laughs> um, here's. Let me put this out to you, Big Ugly. Yeah. We can either finish this, this podcast with this or start the next one with this. All right. The Joker movie. Oh, start the oh, next podcast. Start the next That's going to be a longer conversation, yeah. ain't it? Dang. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to put that down. We're going to put that down. Now, and we're going to give some people a chance to watch it, too, because it's going to be out through Halloween. I would say, I, I haven't seen it. Um, Are you going to go see it? Yeah. Am I gonna go see yeah. it? Like spend money in a theater? Never no, do that. no, no. Are you gonna? I do spend. I spend money on really good movies that I'm really excited to see, and this is not one of those. Wow. I mean, okay. I well, I mean, the excited part. I'm sure it's a great movie. It seems everybody seems to it's, think it's good. So it's sicker. But I'm not. I cannot. I plan on it. I cannot good. get hyped for it. It's just. I would go see. Did you see it? I don't. Big ugly. Of course. Yeah, I'm right. Okay, and I, I did too. So I, I mean, it's uh, definitely not a superhero movie, you know. No, it's not, it's not what I just know. between so. it, the the remake of it and the Joker uh, movie, I'm not looking forward to all the clowns coming out for Halloween this year. <laughs> like literal yeah. clowns, it's going to be not yeah. the normal clowns. It's just right. That's, uh, all, that's all you're going to see. That's what we're going to start the next podcast with. Sounds the good. The Joker review yeah. because uh, we got to. And, and Jane Silent Bob coming out the reboot. Go watch that because that's going to be fun. Support that. Zombie Land. Also, Matrix Four got announced. What? Oh, Keanu. Yeah. Uh, no, actually, the main character that's been cast is the black dude from Aquaman. That was like the villain in Aquaman that played Mantis. Oh no shit! Yeah, he's going to be oh, like the main character. Wow. I have no idea what the story's about. The Wachowskis are not. I thought they were. Re- I thought they were uh, so. rebooting it. See, it's but it's they're but saying cool it's Matrix show. Four, so I don't know. Because well, technically, you, it will be a reboot. I say Matrix you, Three ended. But if you love right, the Matrix like, series and you watched it enough to know, you'll know that a reboot can be a continuation. Exactly, it could be. Yeah, because exactly. they totally said that. Yeah. Oh, this happens constantly. Constant. Happens every few years. Right. Yeah. We break the system like, down and yeah. start over. Because there were like six ones. Oops, Neo was spoiler. in one of six, and yeah. So all right. Yeah. So we gotta look out for that because we always have movie or movie reviews on here, Kurt. So yeah, we. I mean, I'm I'm gonna watch it. Good, there you go. Can't wait Was that one that you're gonna? Pay that is, I will it? pay to go. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like I, I I feel like I'm gonna miss out if I don't get the 3D experience of that. Fair, fair enough. Yeah. So. They have a lot to live up to because I feel like when Matrix came out the first time and we're ending that you know they <laughs> were pretty much revolutionizing like fight choreography and action, but at this point it's already been like done so it's like it's going to be interesting to see how they capitalize on this now I'm done I have no more to say I, I did see the the Rambo Last Blood uh, that's just like a, a Mexican shooter movie is basically what that is it, t- it totally took me away from the character of Rambo so I just want to put that out there I still love Rambo I still watched it but eh. anyway Joker Damn right, we're gonna start the next podcast with the Joker. Yeah, so go see it before you listen to the next podcast. Because we will have spoilers. Yeah. Because they're they just spoil everything. Right now. Because we do uh, announce that. Here's everything. a spoiler for you right now, though. Joker's a clown. <laughs> so if you're afraid of clowns, then this will be a horror movie for you. Yeah. 
And he's a villain. He is. Yeah, well. <laughs> well! Yeah, okay. Careful there. Spoiler. I, I, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to do it. But anyway, thank you, Big Ugly, for coming and doing your thing here with us again. Absolutely, thank you. And we thank Michael Spedden for that riveting uh, interview in the middle. We appreciate you. And uh, shout out to everybody else on the podcast. So we'll, we'll just end it and we'll come back in November. Happy Halloween, everybody. Three, two, one. Deuces. Deuces. And we're out. Burger cookies. <laughs>